Hello, welcome to Plat Chat Valorant. I have no idea what episode it is. 60. 60? The big old... Yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Oh. No, it's 57. <laughs> You're so stupid. It's unbelievable. I thought Why last is... week was 59. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't looking at the monitor either. I thought it was... Okay, man. Kurt has done all this preparation. Our producer's done all this prep, you know, puts up all the topics, yeah, make sure job. that all the titles are there, the episode number, yeah. and, and I just beef it in the first five seconds. So, yeah, apologies for that. Also joined by a lovely guest who's been doing a lot of the casting for the North American games recently as well. It's Evil Cat, a.k.a. Mimi. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I, I'm doing good. I am glad to be here. I guess I've been I've been watching Plat Chat for a while, so I guess it, it, it's fun to finally get to be here, chat about some Valorant. It's been some crazy stuff uh, across these uh, VCG Challenger playoffs. Excited to see all mm. these teams are going to stack up once we get on into Berlin. God, yeah. Berlin is going to be so good, actually. Yeah. I am top. You are a... You. Yeah. You. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we got three slots so we can get the top three positions at Berlin. It's great. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and number four, we'll go to Turkey. That's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey is part of EMEA. You can't nah, segment off <laughs> fucking EU from the rest of EMEA. They're, they're part of the same group. You can't only give credit to SMB and bloody Gambit and then oh, just be I like, will. well, no. Yeah, it's just going to be sucks. CIS, Turkey, and then EU is going to be like what? Like there's 16 teams, so like 14 through 16. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then when you factor in, I mean, yeah, listen, when you factor in, uh, like crew, uh, Zeta division. I've got people in my You're- chat constantly <laughs> telling me that crew is going to win Berlin. And I don't know who paid them. Are winning. I don't know who paid them. I don't know where they've come from. But they're just, there's a guy called delusional underscore crew underscore fan. Delusional yeah. crew fan. And he just, <laughs> everything I talk about when I do VOD reviews, he's like, Kresnit would have hit that. Kesnit. I can't even remember the fucking guy's name. But Jesus. All right. Yeah. Well, let's start with some. Honest Valorant analysis. I want to. I want to start exactly there. We've okay. been looking to get in some kind of, you know, breakdowns on Plat Chat. A bunch yeah. of us have done some separate breakdown videos and stuff like that, but we've never really incorporated them into the show. We we had some breakdowns when it came to the um, when it came to the the live streams. Oh yeah, we of threw course. up to a green screen, did some weatherman segments, right? Yeah. But we wanted to, you know, take a look at it here. But we didn't want to overreach ourselves and take a look at something too professional, too set. Two set play. Sure. So instead, <laughs> okay. I want to I want to weave you a story. <laughs> Bren, formerly of Plaidchat Valorant, may return at some point. Who knows? He has been attempting to get out of Gold Two. Used to play with us. Used to play with the Plaidchat stack, and unfortunately is stuck in the ranked doldrums. And he is in what other people would describe as Elo Hell. He he is yeah. stuck there. He cannot get out. He has been. Finding it impossible, and part of the reason is because it's chaos down there. It's chaos, and there's a clip from his stream last night that I think deserves further analysis. Okay, Kurt, run the run the vod. Wyatt, so, walk so, me through it. So we're gonna break this down. We're in a two v two. Bren is playing Rana. He's pushed up all the way top of mid. Teammate planting over on the B site on Breeze. He's cutting off rotates. Takes a peek. Okay, lovely little one v one kill. Now fighting the Sova. <laughs> <laughs> little bit. Both of them missed just a little bit. Got to reload. Hey. Tries to tag him. Yeah, that's Tries the to shock. The shock misses. Good effort. Oh, Recon. Recon. Friends dodge, dodge it. it. Oh, no. Doesn't dodge. Okay, he's just tanking it. <laughs> Whiffs again. Oh, no. <laughs> what is the Sova going to do next? <laughs> that oh, God. I mean, what I love most about that clip is the Sova starts shooting before he starts running. Yeah. He's like fully in his fourth bullet before he gets around I the mean, corner. I, I just, oh my God. 
Uh, I love that he's exercised all options mentally. <laughs> like his brain overheated. He couldn't think of what to do next. He used the re he used it all. He used all of his util. This oh, is all no. he, this is all he had left. His final thought. <laughs> he doesn't he's not even dodging, he's just pressing A. He's just holding A on his keyboard and mouse My one. My favorite part is just, just halfway through, Bren just closes his eyes. He's like, God <laughs> is taking the wheel at this point. We are just going to pray that this works and keep on spraying. And you know what? It, it works. He he defeated the gold rake demons. Good job, yeah. Bren. He was, I mean, you say gold. We we ended up looking at the career page at the end and that silver was silver one. Bless his heart. Oh, so. no. Actually, yeah, so Bren is just playing I mean, in these he like. He's trapped. I mean, Bren really is trapped <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the absolute doldrums. He can't win a 1v1 cleanly against the silver one silver. The, the, there's no hope for this man. There is no hope for him. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that breakdown. <laughs> if you wanted to see us do more X and O breakdowns in the future. <laughs> Don't play it again. Oh, my God. That oh. is so funny. It's so good. All right. Well, God, I was crying. I mean, you said he closed his eyes and asked Jesus to take the wheel as well. In that exact same game, I tuned into his live stream afterwards after I saw that clip because I was like, I've got to see what's going on here. I simply <laughs> yeah. have to. And he was playing with an omen that was just just, uh, just shouting stuff in Arabic. And when Bren asked him what it meant, he just said, I just said, leave it to God. Leave it to God. <laughs> Like this omen oh had given up on his teammates so much. He just just asked God to take over the fucking game. <laughs> oh, oh Christ! All right, anyway, well, now on to professional Valorant. Yeah, yeah. Other That's not professional. Spectrum. No, you'd be forgiven for I thinking so. I thought that was. You'd be forgiven <laughs> okay. for thinking so. Yeah, you'd be. Listen, I too thought that that might have been. I don't know, someone from Angel, maybe someone from FPX that Bren was playing against. I have I have seen pros do the run and gun strap, but not with a vandal from forty feet away. <laughs> so all right. We had multiple things to discuss on this show. Uh to give you a brief rundown of what we're going for, North American bracket finished up. So we have our three teams that are going to Berlin. I think we had only two the last time we did. Did we, we even had zero? Oh, we had zero? We did. I can't even we remember the last time we did an episode. For the Qualifier to happen. And we're halfway through the EMEA bracket. So we have two EU teams or two EMEA teams say, yeah. that are headed to Berlin. So there's games ongoing at the moment. So we'll do a little recap of that bracket. And then there's the Korean finals. But let's start in North America. And oh, oh, just to be clear also for people that are going to ask, we're going to talk about the other regions next week. So like Japan finished, but yeah. there's so much happening this week. We're going to talk about it next week. Mm -hmm. Brazil's, we're in the middle of that. that. We'll talk about that next week. Latam, Southeast Asia. Yeah, cetera, well, we'll cover all that on, on next week's so. PSA. Yeah. Okay, so let's start here with an easy question. A little softball to the group. <laughs> Sentinels. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say they're at least decent, yeah. Sure. Mm. I saw a pretty interesting interview, actually, on VLR um, with uh, Shazam and some of the other guys. And it was, yeah, I'm not even sure whether it's listed up there, actually, because it's pretty brand new. But um, <clears throat> it was with jazz and talking to the guys from 100 thieves as well and asking them how seriously they were taking these games because i think there's a lot of conversation at the moment within especially the north american scene i don't really see it too yeah. too many other places but especially in the na scene of like ah oh, they're seeding games but i mean at the end of the day it's to crown the best team in north america heading into berlin and so i think there's a bit of a, a mismatch between community expectations of what's going on and the players' interest in the games and what's like, how seriously are they actually taking it? So I found yeah. this article pretty interesting because essentially 100 Thieves were like, 
Yeah, we're, we're still coming in trying to actually win the game. We're just trying to be a little less stressed about it because we've already accomplished our goal. And I think people just assumed they were straight trolling when they came in with like the... The vision strike. The vision strike has gone with steel on jet. jet. Yeah. yeah, but I think, you know, their permaban is normally bind, so I think that was actually their, their game plan. And, and Sentinels were like, <clears> we are <throat> not letting anyone else win this tournament. So yeah. I think, you know, it, it seemed like when I was watching the game, there was a decent level of competition being presented here. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. And the tournament was... A lot more weight to it than just the regular qualifiers. I mean, in all respects. Yeah. I mean, the seating for Berlin, more important than the NA seating. Yeah. If you want to talk about seating, also way bigger prize pool. Also, what was the prize pool? Prestige. Oh, 100,000. It was 100K. A lot versus, of money. The other one is, I don't know, not 150. Yeah. So, differences on all regards. But yeah, I mean, listen, Sentinels, they won. Expected result, honestly. Sentinels, good. I mean, they were the favorites going in, even though I thought there was a strong chance of Envy just hitting with, with Ye sure. out the gate. Sure. Still, Sentinels, obviously the favorite coming in to win every match. Yeah. And they did win every match. Mm -hmm. And they still look like the best team in the world. Yeah. yeah. Mimi, how would you compare their form to Reykjavik? Do you feel like they've got even more to go once they hit Berlin? Or is, have they just been competing at this like consistent top level since sure. then? Sure. I don't know. I, I feel like... I don't know if it's a direct improvement to their gameplay, but they've been adapting. Like, they've been trying out new comps. They've been experimenting with the Euro and Bond. I think they don't feel very threatened in North America right now because no team is really putting up a good fight against them. And that allows them to to put a little more in, to try new things out, to try that Euro out, uh, to, to try and uh, adapt a little bit uh, in way of their map pool. And then that just means when, when they do get back to the big events, when they get back to the international competition, they're more ready than ever. I think Sentinels, I, I mean, obviously it's just like a team of five raid bosses. Everyone is so strong on the individual level and they've been playing together as this core four for ages and now even tense has been on the roster for months has played so many events with them i think the sentinels especially with shazam at the helm is not a team that's going to get complacent yeah that is a that is a good point as well they really were trying a lot of stuff like dapper yeah. was playing a lot more killjoy than a ever, lot of killjoy. which was i think yeah. the most interesting thing because he really is just he, he is the person who defined how you play Cypher and, and use Cypher's <laughs> utility on a lot of the maps. And specifically um, wasn't <clears throat> even experimenting with Killjoy that much back when people were. Right. He, he basically he played, like, to Cypher. He played like one game and then he was like, no, Cypher's for me. We had him on the interview. We were talking about it as well. But it seems like there's been a bit of a shift in his philosophy. I was theorizing that potentially that's because he people are trying to uh, people are currently figuring out like how he's played in yeah. terms of moving around his utility, often being inside his cages, that kind of thing. But it could also be because a number of these teams were playing KO too. And in yeah. theory, holding off a Cypher seems like it would get you more value. But I think the way it ended up playing out, if you're off a Cypher, you can't really follow up on any of your trips if they're being activated, even though they stay active no matter where you are. But you can hold, you know, 40 feet away from your killjoy util and still get kills with the alarm, but Molly still deny space. Yeah. So I feel like that might have played into it a little bit. I, I, what, what do you guys think? Why, why was Dapper experimenting with Killjoy? Uh, I thought that was definitely... It felt like that was a bit of the case when they were playing against 100 Thieves. On Haven, you know, when 100 Thieves would hit C with a KO and they would throw the knife in and, you know, you're used to seeing Dapper just sitting in sight, putting the two cages on either side of the default box mm. and then just having trips up and being a rat in the cages. But... Yeah, it was just, they were playing offside and playing for retake. And also, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a, a, a matter of they are good enough to experiment. And it's also not that wild of a change, just having no, a Cypher no, no. to Killjoy. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, he's just been playing Cypher for constantly for 
a year. I mean, there's there really there's only so much you can do as, as a player where you know people are gonna they're gonna sniff out your tendencies, right? They're gonna expect yeah. your common positions. Everybody is, especially when you're Sentinels and everybody is watching your vods. I mean. Sure. The amount of ciphers that are studying what Dapper does, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you yeah, got, yeah. yeah. You just, I think you just have to mix it up eventually, and I'm not mad at that. Yeah, and and I think you you get a lot more adaptability out of the kill draw. I think I don't want to say cipher is stagnant whatsoever because you can do a lot with them. You can be an anchor when you're playing on Haven. You can spread your trips out, play for the information. That cam is super adaptable. But with Killjoy, I feel like there's just so many more options on that attacking side. You can be a flank watch. You can be very aggressive with her. Use that turret for a point of initiation. Take those brawls early on. And then with the mollies, the post plant potential, I think is even stronger uh, than Cypher's is just straight oh, up yeah. with his camera. And I mean, let's talk about the alt. Cypher, sure, it's a good piece of information, but it's nothing compared to that lockdown retakes with the lockdown it, it can win you rounds single-handedly and it's one that you can farm up relatively quickly and I, I mean like Wyatt said sentinels they're at the top why not try new things they they played a couple games where they experimented with the ko they've gone back to the astro now they've tried out the omen a little bit like they they have the position right now where they can play what they want they can kind of set their own meta and, and just try and feel out different options going into the next masters event well, you bring up a good point there, because one of the maps they dropped in the tournament was against Rise. It, I mean, it didn't ever look like the prophecy was coming true, by the way. Your prophecy, your yeah. dream, <laughs> that they were going to get 0 2 no, by that Rise. was, I mean, yeah, it ended up being, it was, never only, happened. it was only, it was just a dream. It, was, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't it was, actually a prophecy. I was just dreaming about Valorant because I'm a fucking nerd. So that's really all it was. <laughs> but in this game specifically, they 13 3 them on Breeze. They go into Ascent and Sick is playing KO. And I haven't yeah. gone back and reviewed this game. I watched it live. But to me, it looked like they were getting very minimal value out of this pick. I yeah. can't re They did play Ascent later on in the finals, did they? I can't even remember when the next time was they played, they played Ascent. versus 100 Thieves. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think they did, but I can't actually remember that map myself. But um, I don't believe they were playing KO again. What did you think of the sick KO? Somewhere they're going to go back to? Was Van Silly right? Uh, I'm going to keep asking that question, oh, by I the, mean, by the oh, way. That was just, Van Silly right? That just, that just reminded me, by the way, of at the end, after the event was over, they did interview Shazam after they won. Oh, yeah. And Shazam, Van Silly, of course, asked him about KO okay. because of course yeah. he did. Because he's obsessed. I'm worried about him. <laughs> and he asked Shazam, like, uh, oh, this is a, <laughs> what a I love that shot. <laughs> so what a shot. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, that, yeah, that kind of defines really, it's a, a KO and an image, it's impact on this map in, in form of shock dart. But that, uh, yeah, in the interview after, he asked Shazam if they would return to the KO, and he was like, no, nah. I mean, honestly, I think KO is really being overrated right now. And then after that, Van Sully was like, I think Sentinels are going to still play KO. <laughs> after the interview was over, I'm like, dude, this guy needs help. I'm worried about Van Sully. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to be returning to the KO. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I they're gone. I, I, I could see it down the line. I, I maybe I'm maybe I've spent too much time around uh -oh. Van Sully. And I'm, I'm like, the copium too. is rubbing <laughs> off a little bit. But like... I loved what we saw from 100 Thieves with it. Like, I, I feel like their look with the KO was, was so excellent. That triple initiator comp 
really sucked and was really awful on the defense. But once I got on that attacker side, it was great. And I felt like they were doing such a good job with it. I, I think there's a place for, for KO in the meta, but I feel like it, it hasn't been fully fleshed out yet. Look at, I mean, look at Sky. It took her a long time for everyone to realize that she's busted to find the best way to utilize her. I think there's still opportunities open for KO to come up, but I don't know if that team is going to necessarily be the Sentinels because I feel like what they've got going right now uh, is pretty good and i think yeah. I, I was just watching eu and they had an interview with one of i think with the with sliggy from liquid and he was talking about how he feels like ko is best when the igl is playing it because they had tried out the ko and it wasn't really working for them i think scream was playing it didn't yeah. work whatsoever and, and i kind of agree i feel like he's a really good agent to call on but that's not really Shazam, right? Shazam, he has he has his silver, he has his jet. He's really excellent with both those agents, and I don't really see a reason to move him off. So I, I don't think anytime soon they're going to move back to the KO, but I think he's still a good agent, and we might see it in the future. Well, before we get into talking about 100 Thieves and how they use KO, I had one more question about the uh, Sentinels as well, heading into Berlin. They're obviously the favorites. I'm not going to ask you another softball question like that. They're obviously <laughs> favorites for the tournament, yeah. but... DDK, I think it was, actually, had a tweet where he said, congratulations to Sentinels for winning this tournament. They are the first era in Valorant. And for mm. anyone who hasn't followed CS, the concept of an era is a large extended period of time where a team is clearly indisputably up at the top. It's not like they are the number one team, but it's incredibly scrappy, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's a sustained period of time where one team dominates to one degree or another the, the competition. Yeah. How valid do you think it is for us to call this the Sentinels era? They've only mm. won one um, international tournament, but their sustained dominance yeah. over NA is indisputable, and they won that one tournament. You think it's too early? Is now the right oh. time? Do we wait for Berlin? <clears throat> what, what are your two thoughts on this? Because I thought this was a really interesting tweet from Dan. I mean, uh, see, here's... I think you, I think you have to, right? Because they did win Iceland, or at least in NA, it feels... Because in EU, uh, things have been so in flux this year in regards yeah. to who's at the mm -hmm. top. Like, we were waiting on Heretics to be that team. Sure. But they never really were. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then, then Ascend, Ascend had their rise, and then they struggled in Sage 2, and now they're back. But that's not really an era. I mean, Sentinels have just been the undisputed number one team in NA... I mean, I want to say for a, a long time, despite losing it in some of the tournaments in 2020, I think they were still like always at the number one spot cool. uh, in regards to like how, if you were to rank the teams. But for 2021, since the beginning of VCT, it has to be right. I mean, they just, they've won everything. I don't, is that an era though? Because I feel like era is intrinsically like something that's international. When we think about the CS eras, it's like, it's Astralis dominating all the majors or it's same with NIP. Like, I feel like it's always has to be international. And while they're a fantastic team, they booed their way straight through uh, Masters in Iceland. I, I feel like they have to do it again. I, I think when they win, which probably will when they, when they likely win Berlin I think maybe then we can start to call it an era but right now I, maybe it's something more like it, it's an era of NA dominance but I think one tournament isn't enough to to fully prove yourself on the international stage 
My thoughts on this as well is that our system is not as good as CS's in terms of establishing that kind of thing. Not just because of yeah. COVID and us mm. not actually interacting with each other, but the fact that there's only three international yeah. tournaments a year plus champions yeah. inherently makes that much more difficult. Because in CS, you can have a sustained period of dominance without finishing first in every tournament, right? If you finish first, second, first, third, whatever, over that period of time, you might still be the dominant team because you won yeah. two of the major tournaments, the, yeah. the other teams that finish higher than you maybe were just flashes in the pan. They weren't ever sustained over a large period of time. You might be the clear number one squad without having won literally everything. But it feels like within the VCT system, they would have to actually win Berlin for people to still consider them the number one team. If they came yeah. second in Berlin, I bet the community would think whoever won oh, was that next number I mean, one. You I'm know? gonna tell you something that's absolutely going to happen. After Berlin, people are going to start valuing Reykjavik so much lower because the level of skill at Berlin yeah. is going to be way high. I mean, yes. you just it's it is going to be a far more stacked tournament. The teams from I think all regions are looking better. Uh, I think people are going to weigh Iceland and in their minds way way lower than they do now, where it is the really it is, thing. yeah, it is. Um, I, yeah, I think that is. Yeah, you guys have swayed me a bit. I, I do think you have to give them credit, though, for, I guess, like their NA dominance era, though, because sure. they really have been, I mean, they've been number one on the rankings since Ignition Series. I mean, yes. they've, they've gotten like second places here and there, but they have been the most consistent top team since Maybe like like, summer 2020. Yeah, August, it's September, been a year. something like that, yeah. And it's a, also, People have to respect being able to do that in a new game as well because yeah. things move so fast, new players are coming up constantly, and yet still the four original members from that team are yeah. the best <laughs> potentially yeah. in the world on the rolls all on one team. Yeah. It is pretty outrageous. Um, but yeah, I, th I think that's fair. You got to give them another shot internationally. And I think people are going to say that like they're... that. Uh, uh, Berlin is going to be weighted more heavily because the teams there are better. Which so. I think is going to be valid as well. It's yeah. just that Reykjavik is the best thing that we've had so far. You can't right. value yeah. it down because it is the ceiling currently. You have to wait for right. the ceiling right. to be right. pushed before you And can... it's, it is, uh, it's getting pushed. <laughs> of course getting, it will. It yeah, of course. Getting, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the teams that are going to be involved in the skill. It's, it's off the charts. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, I, th I think that was interesting. Let's move on to 100 Thieves, though, because we've, we've got them up on the screen here playing their finals against Sentinels. I think this was the finals, anyway. Yeah, they only played against them once in the bracket, right? But yeah. Uh, yeah, they just played them in the finals. Um, oh, oh, they, they played did? them twice. They played them in the upper finals as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I forgot. Yeah, they kind of rolled them the first time. They got absolutely time. rinsed it the first time. It happened very quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let, let's have a conversation about the, the KO first, I think, because we'd already started that kind of discussion. The, the KO in terms of 100 Thieves comp is very different to every other team. A lot of other people are theorizing KO is a duelist replacement. You can run him as a triple initiator, but he's going to replace one of your duelists. And that does not seem to be accurate with the benefit of some hindsight and some data. Because if you see the people that were trying to play him at the front of the pack, using their flashes for themselves greedily, popping the ult and trying to entry... Almost all the time it was getting very little value compared to running a duelist there. But Steel is playing it here almost like applying some pressure and information on the other side of the map to his Sova and to his Sky. Um, not necessarily lurking with it, but not certainly not entering with it the majority of the time either. What do you think about this? I, I thought that 100 Thieves were probably the team that got the most value out of this pick. It's definitely the best KO that 
there's been so far the from a team yeah. the best KO. I mean that's not it's not even close. Not a lot of teams have even really tried him, but the ones that have, I, I, there hasn't even been one that comes to mind that has really generated like outsized positive value where it's like, oh, KO is good. And it might be, I mean, it might be as we were saying earlier, just that uh, it's like Sky. It's just new when people are figuring out the optimal way to yeah. actually get value from the agent. Um, but I think Hundred Thieves definitely cracked that a little bit. And that is a good point as well about, uh, I think, what, what Sliggy had said, that it makes more sense to have your in-game leader on it rather than yeah. someone who's trying to frag, like, scream or yeah. sick. Um, that also does make sense. But I like how they were using him. I thought they were getting a lot of... There were some rounds where the, the knife value was huge, the, the info gathered yeah. off that. Um, and, it, yeah, it was interesting in the moments where he was kind of having to play a bit like, I guess, what the Sentinel would normally play like, uh, where, where he'd be flank on flank duty. Yeah, a bit of that flank kind of thing On defense, mm -hmm. trying to time the knives to shut down the push, yeah. which that feels way less consistent. That really did seem to be the part yeah. that if, if he hits, you know, if he hits the five people and they yeah. all get turned off, boom, that's the entire yeah, push stopped. And when stopped. he did, it's just over. But, but you don't do it very mm -hmm. often, or at least that, yeah. it feels that way. I don't know. For, for me, with, with this KO, I, I feel like the knife was really the striking point. His flashes are fine, but compared to, like, a, a Sky right now in the game, I, I don't think they're, they're quite on that same level. Obviously, people are going to take time to, to learn the lineups to get better with them and improve, but I feel like there was a lot of situations where 100 Thieves kind of struggled to get that impact. There, there was a couple good pop flash plays, but that didn't feel, really feel fully fleshed out quite yet because he is so new but i think that knife was was really huge when it was but uh, i mean when you didn't find that impact i i think it's still the growing pains I, i'm still in a position where i think it's doable but in a comp with no sentinels they're gonna have to figure out a better way to play the defense because to be honest this tournament 100 thieves on the defensive side running this comp they they kind of sucked like it, it didn't work for them too well whatsoever and with tri triple initiator your strength is kind of in that aggression uh, in that retake but it, it felt like they were just struggling to get that value yeah i suppose I, I i have been pondering that myself as well because taking a look at for example ascend in europe they like to run a, a number of comps, especially on Ascent, the map that we're watching right now. They don't play with a, with a Sentinel. They play with a Sage, but fuck off. Sage isn't a Sentinel like <laughs> Cypher and Killjoy. So the, they like to have an extraordinarily proactive defense, but they're also playing yeah. with a Jet and a Rainer in that comp. Two agents that thrive in that scenario. I don't feel like you can play as aggressively when you're running the, the Sova and the KO. There, rather than the mm. extra duelist. I know the sky is pretty happy playing a, a level of aggression, but wherever Hiko and Steel are playing, I'm not really feeling good about them like being proactive and pushing out a lot on D. So I don't maybe you like give those sites and try and play retake on them with the huge amounts of utility you have, like save the knife, like yeah. save recons, that kind of stuff. It does seem a little difficult to come up with a great defensive plan unless you're just landing those money knives all the yeah, yeah, it did I, seem I, like in some of those in some of those games as well though, I I feel like I mean that X at one being a good example, I think on defense some of the teams were struggling to actually adapt to the KO like how Sentinels had, which is essentially they would give up some of the sites. Like on Haven we would see them give up C and then just yeah. play for full retake. Like X set, it was it was a bit frustrating to watch like on that ascent game that Kurt pulled up when Hunter Thieves were on attack. Exit, especially on Ascent, a map where 
the it's trending on defense where teams are just so dug into the sites playing backside with the Sova, you know he's going to have an Odin, and you yeah. know he's going to be backside B, and you know the Killjoy is just going to have a full minefield set up at the door, and it's... Yeah. Exit never made that adaptation to actually playing retake, where mm -hmm. that is where you can kind of punish the KO, right? But the KO punishes you when you are dug into the site and relying on your utility to shut down sure. this push, but all sure. of a sudden, you know, if you get hit by the knife and then the hit comes in, very tough to do, but... I think that, yeah, like, some, I don't know. So I guess my point being, some of these teams, I think, failed to sort of adapt to uh, what you need to do against the KO defensively, and they were getting away with a lot on attack. But that is also, I think, just the strong suit of KO, right? I mean, I still think that his, his best function at the moment is deactivating players' utility who are holding yeah. directly in sight and then punishing those players with your own util hit. I feel like Kale was initially also heralded as like the anti-post-flat meta guy, but I don't know if I've seen a team really successfully do that. Besides with the null command, with that ult, I've seen it happen where you can make those retakes a lot easier. I feel like it's right now so hard to to find impact on that knife, unless it's someone who's playing very close, who's playing one of those entrenched positions. I mean, in that clip there, he throws it up against the wall. If you're back gen, if you're hell, you get suppressed, but... I don't know if it's finding its full value just yet. I, I mean, I said this earlier, but I think there's still an opportunity for people to grow, for people to realize the, the best possible lineups to use with KO to be able to get this done. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think he's fully living up to expectations right now. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. But it was kind of cool seeing 100 Thieves make use of it. Now, yeah. taking the broader storylines of 100 Thieves, though, They've been finishing like fifth, sixth in a lot of yeah. these major tournaments throughout the year. Since first strike, they haven't really had a great tournament result. They've been underwhelming. A lot of their year has been frustrating for me to watch, especially because oh, yeah. well, you see such great players yeah. not be able to figure out how to play the game to succeed themselves. And so I felt like this tournament was a real breakthrough for me when watching 100 Thieves. It felt like watching First Strike 100 Thieves again. Mm. And I hope it doesn't take another eight months or whatever until we see them again back at another form. I hope this is just it now and they've figured out some fundamental things about how they, how they want to play. Because they, they were the second best team here. Before Envy yeah. gets properly heated up with Ye, while they integrate him, I think 100 Thieves did look like the better team. Uh, apart from in that match where they got stomped by Sentinels in the in the upper final, mm -hmm. but outside of that, they they managed to perform as you'd want if you're a Hundred Thieves fan. Yeah, it is what has been eternally frustrating about watching Hundred Thieves. It's, I mean, it is always the thing that is the most frustrating about teams is when they have the talent. You know, they have the potential to be at the top, and mm -hmm. it's just they just can't reach it. It is yeah. very it's frustrating to watch, and they finally did it, which is uh, great, and they deserve a lot of credit for it. And I think a lot of it. Comes down to uh, some of the intelligent agent switches. Also, I think them being on top of the Sky meta has helped. Yeah, Ethan Sky is excellent. Ethan and Asuna are, they are an excellent duo for this team. And Asuna picking up the jet has been massive for them. I mean, when we saw them in the qualifier, I think he's already better than he was in the qualifier. Uh, he was looking... He was really good in the qualifier, yeah. and he had some pop-off moments, but he was inconsistent. He was taking a lot of weird angles with the op. You could tell that he wasn't a natural opper, and I think he's gotten better at that already. Yeah. And I still don't think he's even reached his potential on Jet because he's really only started really practicing it 
in the last you know few months of uh, this stage. So I still think he has a lot more potential to get better on Jet, and obviously he's one of the best mechanical players in the game, so I still think that he could level it up, and that could take Hunter Thieves even further. But listen, Hunter Thieves, they're using the best two agents in the game on their star duo, and they're pounding with it. I mean, mm. I think yeah. Sky and Jet are just... They're too good. I feel like you have to run them. You don't, you don't have to run them, but you really should run them. <laughs> at least one of the two, please, sure. dear God. Um, and they're taking great advantage of both. I think that that Austin at a jet switch has been huge for the team. Yeah, I mean, he's new to the agent, and I feel like he's already like in consideration for one of like the top five jets in our region. And, and like you said, I'd, uh, he's not his full potential yet. This guy is going to keep growing. He's going to keep moving. Austin's insane as an individual player. And, and for Ethan, I, I mean, got to give him props for 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 how quickly he's adapted. I think some of that kind of a couple months ago in 100 Thieves were really struggling. It was about getting Ethan comfortable, getting Ethan fully into this roster. When he was in smoke jail for a while, I, I just feel like... Obviously, he was new to Valorant. He, he was newer to the game. He was still trying to get get everything flowing. And I think Omen does make sense for someone who, who's fresh. But uh, I think now that he's had that time to grow, now that he's had that time to adapt, pick up that sky, it's just looking so much better. Uh, I feel like 100 Thieves didn't have the deepest of agent pools in some of these previous tournaments, and, th and they fixed that in a big way. Uh, I, I think that Ethan's confidence level has gone through the roof recently. Yeah. If you contrast how he used to play, I mean, even on the smokes, like you mentioned, Mimi, the, he used to play smokes a lot, and his utility usage was really good, really smart. But where he positioned himself was extremely passive a lot of the time. Now you watch him play smoke on Icebox, and he's fucking in there. He's yeah. like running forwards to pipes on defense, supporting Asana, getting right next to him, getting up with him. He's definitely that second aggressive element of the team where... He had that at times in the past, but it wasn't consistent. And it's yeah. not just because of the sky, but the sky empowers the shit out of that kind of play style. Yeah. If you want to play it a bit like a secondary duelist, you totally can. Or you can just feed Asana flashes as much as you like. So I love what 100 Thieves have, have figured out here, which is why I'm saying I hope it's a permanent thing for them. I hope this isn't just a flash in the pan. It feels to me more permanent because it's not just about Ethan playing the sky. He's no. also got that same level of aggression and uh, comfort level, it feels, when he's playing on Icebox and he's playing Smokes as well. So uh, I think this team has potentially figured out some, some fundamental changes that they needed to yeah. uh, in terms of getting more value out of those two in particular well, to, to help them get into it. I, I think you're getting at an overall team differential as well with... Uh talking about Ethan and him getting his confidence, I think the team as a whole, they kind of have that... They never... They didn't... Aside from Asuna, they never played like they had that like killer instinct. Like, they never sure. tried to capitalize on a moment and convert it into, like, a couple frags. Like, if... There would be moments where Hiko's, like, firing off the Hunter's Fury and they're just standing around. I'm like, please go in! Like, there, sure, there were just sure. these little moments where they would never feel like, oh, we have, okay, we have this small advantage. There's like, a, a whatever, we've created a, a moment of, of chaos or confusion for the other team. There's some level of utility coming in. Like, let's just make the play off of this. It, it would feel always like they, they just never wanted to take a chance in those moments. Sure. But now they do. They're much quicker in those situations to actually, as a team, uh, take advantage of, of each other's utility and actually make aggressive plays off of it, not just Asana, which is great. Oh, also, by the way, uh, 
I, I know Nitro said or something that he wasn't feeling super confident on Astra. I thought his Astra was looking nice. It was looking really good. And I would like to see him play more Astra. Because um, I, I do still think Astra is super powerful. Not that, not to the extent right now that I think she's a must pick as she was before. You can play sure. Omen, but I do think Astra is still really good. I, I mean, they are playing it on split, like on particular maps. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I thought, yeah, I don't know. Nitro said he wasn't confident, but his, he was looking. He looked good. He was looking yeah. giga brain in some of those moments. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I want to flash. I feel like it kind of ties two points together here about uh, about this duo of Ethan and Austin. I feel like now that they have the confidence that they have that kind of synergy together on the sky and the jet, I think that's the thing that's very directly making this team more aggressive, that's setting the pace for them. And I felt like that was really lacking before because Asuna, it felt like he was a little bit more chained up when, when the team was playing passive, but I feel like they've given him a lot of freedom now where he can kind of do what he wants. Him and Ethan can set that pace on their own, and it, it's just working really well. When you have that talent, harness it. Get aggressive. Well, 100 Thieves are in a good place. I think overall, North America is looking really good when it comes to Berlin. Uh, yeah. The team that they were playing against in this match and one of the uh, other teams, in fact, the other team that's being sent to Berlin to represent North America is Envy, who, uh, much like 100 Thieves, have been up in terms of our you know, North American power rankings, that kind of thing, when it comes to getting consistent placements. They've been wildly consistent, but they haven't really achieved greatness at any point. And I don't know whether I would qualify this as them achieving their potential in the same way that I feel like it was for 100 Thieves, but they seemed like a team with more potential to achieve. They seemed like a, a team that still had more room to grow and they still at that third place position. Whereas before it felt like they kind of capped out somewhere around fourth unless they all were going crazy and hitting their shit. So I, I think that this was, uh, for, for Envy in this tournament, I was expecting actually a little more of, in terms of it being a honeymoon period and everything being completely fluid together because we sometimes see that from adding such an excellent piece into a squad but considering they only had six days of practice with yay they did really really well yeah i mean as soon as they signed yay they i mean we kind of expected them to qualify at that point it is just an outrageous new, new uh, addition to their roster and he proved why he has so much hype i mean he was ridiculously good his opping is incredible he won yep. a number of rounds on his own, just peeking through a smoke, gets one, repositions, gets another one. All right, yep. cool. Just gets like three people around every time he has the op. Uh, he, he just was outrageous individually. But there was clear, and there's almost an upside to this too, because they did qualify. And I agree with you completely. They, they still have a lot of potential, because I thought the, uh, the, the mistakes they were making were really obvious mm -hmm. in regards to points in the maps where Ye was just disjointed from what the rest of the team was doing. There were definitely moments where he felt like, like, dude, does Ye still think he's on Anbox? Like, he's running around. I mean, he's just playing on his own, trying to get an ace every round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would, there were moments where he would be so ahead of the rest of the team. He'd be, like, pushing into an area, and the, the, the fucking sky dog is trying to, like, trade off of his contact. <laughs> it's, there were just moments like that. I'm like, dude, you gotta relax. Like, you're on a really good team now. You don't have to be trying to just run in and, yeah. you know, get five people every single round. Um, and I think that, that that's an obvious point of error that can be fixed. 
and yeah. it would make a significant difference, yeah. honestly, in in a lot of these in a lot of these rounds. Um, yeah. But that aside, I mean, he, yeah, he was just incredible, right? Um, and overall, now this Envy roster, they they just have. Uh, I, I think they have the potential to be the the team that can really contest Sentinels and NA. Their their overall roster is just it's crazy. It was kind of, it reminded me a bit of like when Durka joined Fnatic right, and it was like, yeah. wait, Doma doesn't have to be the star anymore. Sure, yeah. He can just kind of be the second guy. Like Victor can just be the second guy on this team now. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then I think Marv's anchoring was great. His Astra was excellent. Uh, Crashies is, uh, whenever pl Crashies plays a scent, you know he's just going to give you like at least 20 kills. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. crazy good on this map. Envy's roster yeah. is stacked. They have a lot of potential. I think the the mistakes they were making were very new team mistakes, which are pretty easy to fix in my mind and should be addressed before Berlin fairly easily. FNS had his best tournament, I think, of the year. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, FNS was really good, actually. So I, I think all the potential is there. It's just a matter of fixing these new team mistakes. Yeah, and, and I mean... Tons of talk about Ye for, for good reason. He's insane. That was with a week of practice. If there's more time in, I, I think it's only going to get better. I think you're absolutely right that they maybe have a chance to contest the Sentinels a bit later down the line. But I also want to talk about Marv because I feel like Marv was such a good addition to this team. He, his Astro play, I felt like was excellent when he was on it. His Omen was good as well. I mean, we know this guy is a good controller player. And uh, I mean, we, we talked during that last main event when they were still playing with, with Mummy that it was a, a good idea to, to free up that off, put Mummy onto the jet. That obviously didn't work out. And I think Ye is a, a, a better opera than, than Mame is. So I feel like finally all these pieces are clicking. Envy for me, it, it's been this squad that I'm always like, they're, they're going to get second place. Okay, now they're going to get second place. Now they're going to finally get it done. But that never fully clicked. And I think with Marv now, as well as obviously with Ye into the squad, they're like my squad in NA that, that has the most potential to grow and has the most space to grow because this is this is new. I, they have nowhere near their ceiling just yet. Yeah. There, there isn't that much time before Berlin, though. I mean, True. we're talking about, you know, there being a significant time to grow. And there is, compared to the six days of practice that they had. Yeah. But it's True. not like there's a huge amount of time. When you factor in the fact that they're going to have to be like traveling to the event and stuff like that as well. Um, maybe there's some reduced uh, interruptions to scrimming or whatever involved in the middle <clears> of that. <throat> and their coach doesn't have a passport, so he can't yeah. get there with yeah. them. Tragedy. And so any land scrims that they're running, they can't have like feedback provided from a coach. The pack pause is available, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, how, what percentage of their potential do you think they're going to be able to reach by the time it gets to Berlin? If you had to put a rough number on it do you think we'll see them at peak form no i i, I don't think they're gonna fully make it there yet but i do i have a lot of faith in uh, in F, in fns and in his experience at leading teams and getting things done i think obviously mike's is huge on this team being able to have your coach there is super important but i still think they're gonna be able to improve in this interim they're still in na right now they have a little bit of time to to scrim together to to build these bombs bonds to really strat it out and I don't know if I had to put a number on it, maybe like a 65, 70%. I don't think they're going to be able to get all the way there, but I think they're going to at least be able to iron out some of these more obvious, uh, obvious quirks. Like you talked about with yay, maybe not fully uh, being fit into the roster, maybe still playing like he's on Ambex. I think that those mistakes are going to, for the most part, be able to be fixed by the time that they hit Berlin. Yeah. I, I really think that just fixing some of that, the, those 
uh, obvious new team things would help them significantly. I don't know. I don't know what percent to put on it. Maybe like 80 or something. Sure. Uh, I mean, how much time is there to Berlin? Like two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Uh, yeah. Like three weeks. Yeah. What is it? Um, it's the ninth. It's the ninth. I, I'm not off. good with time and well, dates. I don't even know what day it uh, is. What day is it today? <laughs> 18th. So I've been we're talking, in my ranked wormhole. If we include uh, like them traveling, they've got yeah. at least two weeks of prep. Right. And yeah. then potentially some like land scrims beforehand. As yeah. Well, yeah. So. I, I do think, yeah, I think that they should be performing at a really high level. I think that they reasonably, I really think they could make a, a, a top, like, like, top six placement, maybe even top four, depending on how individually on they are at Berlin. Their roster is fucking great. Even, it is. Yeah, even yeah. if they yeah. aren't, even if the, even if they don't have a lot of time to, uh, like flesh out new ideas of maybe they want to like flesh out an idea of a different comp or uh, a different way of approaching a map in a general sense. Maybe they, they don't have enough time to take it that far. But if they just iron out the, uh, the easy fundamental team play errors, which is like the spacing off yay and things like that, and then they're also on individually, they are one of the best rosters in the world now. Without a doubt, in regards to sure. the individual level, I still think they could have. I think they could have a really top placement, like top four. Okay, all right. Yeah, and I, I mean, what they are slotting in is yeah, it's 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 just adding the jet. And I think if you're gonna have a one for one substitution, bringing in a jet is probably the one of the easier ways to to get around that. I think there's enough time for them to really play somewhere. I I I don't. I don't think I see them getting like second place. I don't think I see them making it all the way, but I think, I mean, like you said, Wyatt, individual skill alone is going to be enough for them to pull off a run. Uh, we were talking about the, we were doing a bracket prediction as well. Ended up getting boomed. Can't even remember what the hell happened, but there were actually a mm -hmm. lot of the, there weren't very many upset results across through the bracket. It was yeah. a surprisingly upset, resilient bracket. Yeah. Um, which goes counter to, you know, the pros telling us over and over again how variable the game is. Oh, this game's random, etc. But, <laughs> but um, you know, Vanity just predicting a coin flip for everything. This would be an extremely weighted coin, it feels. Um, the, the one team that I thought did have a serious chance of making it to Berlin that didn't was Xset. They're yeah. the fourth team in the middle of all of this that I thought it was between them and 100 Thieves who would end up making it in that upper semifinal. And 100 Thieves ended up winning out in somewhat convincing fashion, honestly. It wasn't the closest match in the world. It wasn't a blowout. But Xset didn't quite manage to get it together in the same way that they had during the qualifier. Um, that's what I want to get into here is what's the chances? Oh, yeah, this was when Xset threw away the 9-3 yeah. yeah, as well. Yeah. That is just a tragic. That was, and even on Ascent, was. they were on the cusp of bringing they, it back and their and last they round. And triple sprayed through a smoke by yeah. a crab-walking Nitro. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's this... And it was th tragic. Those two maps are both 13-11, but they illustrate a very different 13-11. Haven, yeah. Yeah. it's one you should be able to close out. Ascent, you did well to make it that close. You know, it's like the two sides sure. of the coin there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I feel like for Exet having played second, beaten Sentinels in the prior tournament, yeah, they will have been wanting themselves, obviously, to go to Berlin. They'll have believed that they were capable of doing it. 
where do we kind of place them afterwards? Are they a tier one squad up there with the other three? Is there a bit of a tier break in between them and, and Envy and 100 Thieves? What, what do you think the future is for this squad? It does seem right now like in NA there is actually a solidified top four. It, it really was. The, the most shocking upset of this tournament was that it was fairly regular in just how it played out, which has yeah. never really happened. There's always one random team that they slip through the cracks. They're just having a good day. One guy makes the, the right play at the right time. Yeah. Because that is going to inevitably be the case at some point in attack FPS that has this scoring system that plays out the rounds in this way where you're, you know, you just, you're dead and then you're dead. Yeah. One guy can make end with an economy. It is inevitable that there's just going to be so many upsets and they're just really worth um, and I think at this point, though, it's pretty cemented that Xset are in fourth and a close fourth as well. Um, yeah. they, they are definitely, there is a tear break after fourth, it seems to me. Um, and it is, it is a bit disappointing. I, they were, they are so close. They made the right roster moves. Def has done an, an incredible job fixing the primary errors with this team. Mm -hmm. Their attack sides are, they're amazing now. Yeah. They have they play with a lot of confidence, but the, also intelligent confidence. They're excellent at uh, like any defensive aggression that comes in. They're great at dealing with it and then re-clearing uh, the map effectively and quickly. They're great at playing their attack sides. They really are. Um, it's unfortunate they didn't make it, but I think that they can still be happy knowing that they have finally broke through that barrier that they were held by at for i mean essentially the, the, this entire year right the barrier meaning that whenever they made it to main events they were just flopping coming seventh eighth not being yeah able to and do they anything. were but they would they'd be consistently losing to teams like envy yeah um yeah. where now i mean yeah okay they did they, they still did but but it was it's not like how it was happening before where it was they're just, oh, they're just losing it was actually they are they are clearly a far better team um that have Still, I think a good amount of potential given how new the players are, uh, did, young did you, they are, or <coughs> young they are rather. I think there's a lot of potential there. But. I just choked on my next question. Okay. Uh, did you not find it concerning that Def has been brought in to fix their attack sides, but what actually crumbled was their defense side? Because that to me was yeah. concerning watching the game, was that they never made the adaptations, specifically in the game against 100 Thieves as well. They never made the adaptations on their defense side. I think it was both of those maps. They threw both away their defense, maps, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the first map on Ascent, I I think it was like eight four nine three against them on the defensive side. They then almost came back, but uh, it, it just slipped away from them at the last second. I think that's something that really has to be fixed. But I mean, in the context of what Xset was previously doing, this is this is a really big improvement. I think Zekin. Uh, you talked about Zek, uh, or excuse me, about Death, but Zekin was such a huge addition to this roster. I've been watching this guy since he was playing like Phoenix One. He's been grinding out the tier two scene since like December, October of last year. He has so much potential. He is what 16 years old right now. Yeah, and it's yeah. looking fantastic. He has a really adaptable agent pool. He's played duelist. He's been really good on the raise and now his sky has been looking fantastic. But so so I think the potential is there, but they they just gotta fix that defensive side man because it it was just kind of squandered uh, in both of these maps. But I, I don't know. I, I almost want to give 
X at a break. Because I, I feel like this was their, their first tournament with these two new players. And, and I think we're going to be able to see them fix it up uh, and come back stronger and maybe even be able to to take that third place position. Because I, I could really see them beating 100 Thieves in the future. I can't remember. Was this a theme in their other games as well? When X at um, lost in the lower bracket uh, to Envy? Check out the Envy one. Because uh, in my head it was, but I can't remember whether that's actually valid. Uh, well, a five seven half is not particularly poor there. I mean, not really. I guess is the answer. Yeah, to that I think question. they just didn't adapt yeah. to the KO. That, yeah, that's what I, I think, think they just did. got yeah. kind of. I mean, when it, yeah, they. I mean, they they did get boomed by the KO. I think that yeah. was when the KO on a hundred thieves looked most effective was in yeah. that accent. They never played retake. Yes. Um. It, so, yeah, yeah, but I I still think despite losing uh, in fourth. They have broke through that, probably to some extent as well, that mental barrier of feeling like, okay, we're in the main event, and then the pressure comes, and then, ah, oh, shit, we're losing the envy again, and, ah, oh, God, we're, we're not yeah. in our shots, and the confidence is not there. That all, all of that that can come with feeling like you're stuck in a position where you keep getting eliminated in the same yeah. spot. But I think that they should still be satisfied with what they've achieved, They've cemented a nice position in the scene. They're gonna, obviously, they're gonna be in the last chance qualifier. Um, and I think that they have a very strong shot of making champions from there. I just wanna point out this round. They did so many gorgeous things on their attack half. Like this, just playing contact into A. Like, Def has a yeah. lot of creativity in terms of the attack rounds he's calling. It's not, there's no. There's no formula there. It's not, or rather, he's not formulaic in terms no. of he's always doing the same stuff over and over to get a read. Def just has these great adaptive attack half calls where he's using information from prior rounds to call totally different improvised rounds. I don't think Exeter are in their scrims practicing a contact push in through A particularly. No. I think that's just, you know, something called on the fly based on where he has realized people are positioned on the Envy defense. I thought it was very impressive. I, I yeah. love that they've done serious work on that side of the map, and I think huge credit to Steph for making it uh, look a lot better. I want to talk, though, about TSM. Okay. Always talking about TSM once an episode. <laughs> this is their time once again. The question, did TSM disappoint? Because we thought they would be just essentially a hands-down fifth-best team in this tournament. They had the form coming out of the prior one. You were predicting them for some upsets. I know Van Silly was as well. Oh, well, actually, you didn't predict them for the Envy upset after Ye. Not after Ye joined. But before Van Silly was hard was on the train. Possible. Yeah, I thought, yeah. And honestly, even in this Envy game, they were looking really good. Even though they lost, uh, I was thinking, okay, TSM, they're losing to Envy, but... Envy also looked incredible in this game. Both teams were playing at a very high level in this game. Yeah. It was just an excellent BO3. Apart from Envy on Breeze. I gotta oh, add that okay. caveat. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Envy on yeah, Breeze yeah. Their did Breeze look... is not good. Their, yeah, their, their Breeze is not good. But the Haven map was incredible. Ascent was really well played by Envy as well. Sure, yeah. Um, and on Haven, I thought both teams were excellent. I mean, that was... That might have still been... That's one of the best maps of the tournament, I think, actually. Yeah. Um, okay. Both teams were playing very well. I, I thought TSM were still going to have a good run after that game, despite losing to Envy, because Envy just looked like what we expected them to be with Ye. And it is... I, I am a bit disappointed that they lost to, to Rise, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I'm not disappointed that they lost to... It's not that I'm disappointed that they lost to Rise, because I think Rise are a good team, and I think they have some 
I mean, I think they have some amazing players in, in like Derek. Um, but it's how TSM lost that game. And I felt that it was just such a departure from the level they were at against Envy. It was mm-hmm. quite disappointing. In that Envy game, they were so active uh, with, with their Sky Utility usage. It always had a purpose. They were playing off of it really quickly. Um, and in, in those games against, uh, against Rise, it just was not the same. It was just, we were back to just playing individually. Things w- were disjointed. Sabroza would be, there were, there were just moments where he was going for his own play that was just totally separate from the rest of the team. Uh, they were missing good opportunities, like good timings to, to take yeah. proactive fights as a team. And then it was just, things were very disjointed. They were not against Envy. So I was sad to see that that happened and that's how they got eliminated in the end of it. So yes, I am a little bit disappointed because they showed coming in, wow, they are really legit now, I I feel. Um, And unfortunately, I think that in the Rise game, it fell apart. Am I the only one who's been feeling a little bit disappointed or or a little bit underwhelmed in some ways by by the Bang edition? In the past, he's been a really great player uh, on some of his teams i've watched him play back when he was with serenity back when he was with on the way but now on this squad it it just feels like he's struggling to fully find his footing smokes is a role he's played in the past but it always it it hasn't always been his his biggest role and and i feel like well the the astra is pretty strong i i don't know i i feel like something just isn't fully quick clicking right now with him adding into the squad I gotta be honest, my focus was not particularly on Bang for this tournament. Um, mm. I, I, I'm not sure why, but I was noticing way more errors from the other players. So it's very possible True. that Bang had a poor tournament. I mean, statistically, he did have a very poor tournament, but I didn't yeah. really notice it. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like that was a, a difference maker. He's but that could well that me. could have just been my cone of vision, you know, not actually mm-hmm. been paying attention to that. Because to me, it felt like, especially in that Rise game, in tennis, there's a big concept of like forced errors and unforced errors. And mm-hmm. the forced being like, because your opponent is playing really well and hitting these crazy shots at you, you you can't return them. And I felt like, you know, TSM had some of those moments against Envy, but it's understandable. In the game against Rise, there was a lot of unforced errors. There's a lot of stuff where they were making decisions, yeah. not because of pressure that Rise was applying, that beefed the game for TSM, especially on Haven that is when I was watching then. They had so many, like, wonky plays. There's a round that sticks in my head as well of them going for the B plant and just, I think it was Hayes, like, hopping in with, with, the, with the spike. The idea normally being that you go in, get the spike plant, and you dash out and you have some kind of post plant, and TSM have done that round a ton of times. For whatever reason, Wardell wasn't pushing in that time. I don't believe he had an AWP or something, but even so, he, he didn't go for it. The guy got trapped. They'd lose the spike in the middle of B. It's chaos, carnage, uh, and they just are never able to recover that. There were a number of moments where there was just decision-making mistakes where their rounds fell to pieces, and they just yeah. splooged the game away. I, I, yeah, that, that is a great way of putting it. In that Envy game, there, a lot of it's centered around the sky for me. And I don't know if yeah. that, it's, it's hard to place, okay, is this coming from like a top-down macro, someone says, let's make this play with the sky, and they weren't doing certain things against Rise, or is it 
individually just based on what Sabrosa wants to do in the moment. I don't know because against, I felt like against Envy, his sky looked incredible. And he does, and he has maps where he is one of the best skies in NA. And then against Rise, it was just, the whole team was, was disjointed. But oh, here it yeah. is. It was this pistol round. Yeah. Where oh, uh, yeah. They, I, they took too long to be able to I, secure position and they didn't have the smoke for bang or the plant. And he doesn't have a dash. He can't escape. There's not people supporting him. It just, yeah. I know the, there's a meme about TSM's pistols, but they were actually good outside of this in yeah. like the last two months, to, three months, something to, like that. To, so. uh, to the bang point though, um, I've, I think if I remember correctly, some of the maps, it was like he, he would have tragic stats on some of the maps and then other ones he would just be popping off. It was off. really inconsistent. Yeah, which is... To me, something to do with how much they're asking of him, which is, hey, Bang, just yeah. play every single agent in the game on a different map. Um, rather than putting him in a position where he's perhaps comfortable and at his best. Because you can see when you're, when you're just watching his POV and he's taking fights and aiming, you can clearly see how skilled he is mechanically. So I think that his, his poor statistics on some of the maps are likely more to do with how much they're asking of him, how much yeah. role swapping he has to do. I think that that's probably a primary cause of that. What do you think TSM do with the rest of their year? They... Well, they could make last chance qualifier if NA wins Berlin. Right. Yeah. Which, Which could very well could happen. Could easily happen. So it's not over for them yet. And I do like this roster, and I still... I like the five they have right now. I like where it's heading. At the end of the day, they still had their best showing so far this year. And it was off the back of Leviathan just coming in like days before the tournament as well. Uh, the, the previous qualifier. Um, the, the second open qualifier, right? And I like, okay, I like the roster. I like where they're at. I, honestly, I hope they get a last chance qualifier spot because it would be disappointing to see them at the highest peak they've been at so far this year, and then we just don't see them again for Falter. the rest of the year. It would be quite disappointing because they, when they were, God, they were so good at, at points in this Envy game. I'm like, man, this TSM roster is actually, there's something here, finally, sure. finally. And then, but also, it's just, in order it's to, disappointing. When, when teams are looking towards LCQ, you need to win it in order to get a spot in Champions. And I don't believe they can change Sabrosa, Waddell, or Hayes. Otherwise, they'd lose the points, right? You need to keep three of the original yeah. five that I mean, you I'm, won points with. Yeah. I'm not saying that they need to make roster okay. changes, but I'm setting up this, like, those are the structure. Those, those are the realities, right? They would need to win to make Champions, and they can't change any of those players, which means they have the possibility... It is possible for them to try and change Leviathan or Bang to upgrade themselves to become... You would have to be the third best team in North America, right? Because two people yeah. would already go to champions from Masters 3. No, mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah, Sentinel... Oh, wait, how the fuck... Two off points and then one from LCQ, no? Right so, th right, so you'd have to be the fourth best team. So you'd essentially have to beat, like, an X set. Something like that. Yeah, and New Cloud 9. Yeah, Except New Cloud 9. Those kind of teams that are around that kind of level. <clears throat> Do you feel like TSM 
as a squad, those three core players, if they're thinking about their LCQ chances of being able to actually win that event, do you think they believe they're going to be able to do it with this five? Do you think they'll be incentivized to make another change before LCQ? I don't, I don't, I don't see them winning LCQ. To to be honest, I think if they're they're sticking with this core three, I I don't see it. Because first of all, let's let's talk about Levi. I I think Levi was fitting into the roster really well. He's a fantastic Sova. He's a really good Viper, and and I feel like he was always finding his impact. Bang! We talked about the inconsistency, but in the last sixty days. Like you said, right? He's he's played what he's played six agents uh, and is constantly being thrown around. I, I feel like there's potential for TSM with this five. I I think it's the best their roster has ever looked, and if they have a little bit more time to get Bang comfortable on his role, to continue to to build this this specific team, it, it's possible for them to make a run. But you talked about the competition. It's Cloud Nine with Vanity. Uh, it's it's maybe Envy will be there if they if they don't find their placing. Uh, it'll likely be as well with with X at there 100%. So eh, I, I mean, I, I, I want to believe in TSM because it is a squad that has had some high moments in the past and I think we're looking really good here, but I, I, I just realistically don't see it happening at LCQ. Same kind of thing? I mean, it is a really tough ask. Could they finish like top four? Top yeah. three even? Mm. Yes, but winning is... It's a tough ask, especially, I mean, you're going to have exit there with another month of practice and yeah, uh, yeah, I, it very low percentage that that happens. Mm. Yep. Well, okay. It'll be interesting to follow at the very least. And TSM fans still may have something to cheer for. I love the fact as well that TSM fans are going to have to cheer for Sentinels to win the bloody event for them to be able to make <laughs> LCQ. That is some karmic justice. I fucking love that shit. Um, <laughs> We will probably, because there's like a couple of weeks where there aren't that many things going on, but on the run-up to Berlin, we'll probably do a refresh of our NA power rankings for yeah. sure during one of those weeks um, in terms of, you know, updating the, the, the movements of teams based on these most recent results. But for now, let's get into some EMEA talk because I know, I know why it's ready to pop the fuck off with hatred. And I'm ready to gas up some of these squads as well. Okay. I want to start with undoubtedly, at the moment, the best team. Now, they are still, they haven't managed to make it through the bracket entirely yet, but I think everyone has them as the number one squad in EMEA. Even the teams that are trying to beat them have them as the number one squad in EMEA. Ascend. What the quality do you think they're looking like at the moment? Do you think that they are EU's hope of winning Berlin? If you want to deny TSM their chance at last chance qualifiers, yeah. is Ascend the team that's going to be able to do it from EMEA? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Short answer yeah. is yes. And for most of the, I mean, for, for the same reasons that we've stated before, and it's just good to see, honestly, at this point that they've, they've remained consistent. They managed to beat Gambit, one of the, one of the other best teams in this bracket. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to see them at the same form that they were in the qualifier. I was worried that if they... Maybe that was a bit of a hot streak. Uh, what if they drop off a little bit? Didn't happen. Glad to see that. Yeah. The one in, in terms of individual skill, the roster's obviously crazy, right? Yeah. Which is, that's, that's the initial prerequisite of being sure. able to win one of these tournaments because sure. you're playing against Sentinels who have five star players on every single slot. Yeah. So that, that is immediately, you need that, right? Yeah. They have that. Also, they have uh, the quick 
team play reactions necessary, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, whereas some of the other teams in this region, a lot of them, I think, get caught up being too formulaic, too much caught in the pre-planning. Um, Ascend, they have excellent on-the-fly team decision-making. If, an enemy, if the enemy team is doing something, they, as a unit, know how to react to that in the moment, using utility together to make advantageous plays yeah. quickly, which is important. Quickly, which is yeah. a, key, a major key. Um, and they have the individual skill to, to pull those moments off. Um, so, yes, I think Ascend are still the, the hope of EU at the moment. I think they have all the prerequisites needed to make a deep run, maybe be the team that could finally, from EU, beat Sentinels. Well, before we, before we talk about their chances of actually winning Berlin or beating Sentinels or anything like that, and the bracket isn't done yet, remember, so they could yeah. still they could they have qualified for Berlin, so they are definitely going there, but we don't know what position they're gonna end in, and it is possible that they end in like second place, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's uh it, it they're they're not uncontested. But yeah. I like to always make the comparison to Fnatic and Liquid, because I think the people that don't follow EMEA only really know those teams because they were at Reykjavik. Yeah. And so when people think about Europe, they tend to think, I think, in, in those kind of terms of uh, how, you know, Fnatic played, how uh, Liquid played. In terms of the stuff like individual skill, on-the-fly team play, if we contrast them to Fnatic, who made second at Reykjavik, where do you think Ascend are if you're contrasting those kind of talents together? I mean, like, let's start with Firepower. Okay. W- where do you see that? Starting with Firepower, they... Probably have the best jet in the region in CNED. Yeah. And by probably, I mean, I don't know who else. I don't know who would be the best jet in the region if not CNED. The Turkish fans are on those Izzy stonks. I mean, Izzy is crazy. Izzy's nuts, but CNED has done it over a much longer period of time. Yeah. So you got to believe in CNED. Um, And then Star Duelist aside, his supporting cast, they have... Starkso on Sky, majority of the time. One of the best Skies in the game right now. Yeah. Um, also, playing Sky at the right time, because she's busted. Yeah, played um, Sky beforehand as well. Yeah, like they, yeah exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's just been playing Sky, and now Sky is even more busted. Excellent Sky, excellent firepower on that support role. Bone Cold, also crazy rifling on, on another support role, playing controller. Yeah, IGL um, for the team as well. Yeah, sure. After left. Uh, and uh, the secondary duelist, Zeke, who was on G2 briefly, going to play like Reyna and Phoenix, things like that. Uh, I mean, again, uh, I mean, who would be the comparison, I guess, on like Liquid or Fnatic? To, to Zeke? To Zeke. I mean, I guess it would be like... Maybe a... I don't know, like Doma or Solkast or something. I don't but know. Even play- Yampy. I don't know. The duelist roles on Liquid yeah. are so strange. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find weird. a comparison because... Honestly, yeah. actually, this leads me to a better point. It's hard to maybe find a comparison for Ascend because they're more comparable to Sentinels than sure. these other teams. Sure. Uh, they are not like the other EU teams, which is why they are winning. <laughs> because yeah. they and actually I... play the good duelists. Yeah. They play the good agents, and they win the games because they also have great firepower. It's remarkable. Yeah, it's actually more... It's probably better to compare them to, to a team like Sen because they actually play Reyna. They actually have a star jet. Sure. They are more of an quote-unquote like an NA team in that they play a lot of double duelists 
uh, than most of these EU yeah. teams. I think if it, with people, when they think about EU teams, they tend to think about a, a, a tactical fanatic or an FPX or something like yeah. that, that kind of style. Three controllers, smokes <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but Ascend Perfect don't, map control gain. Ascend don't play like that. No. In fact, Ascend are more aggressive than most NA teams, I think, in terms of yeah. how they're like pushing on defense and that yeah. kind of stuff. They're extraordinarily proactive in terms of their defense. Um, in terms, all right, well then, I mean, fuck it. In terms of the comparison to Sentinels. Yeah. CNET and TENS. CNET and TENS. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty evenly matched in that way. CNET is, he's, he's fucking crazy. I, I mean, what more do you have to say about this guy? He's been absolutely mental. The stats he has put up in these EU games have been insane on the individual level. I, I feel like he has a really good understanding uh, of the jet mechanics because there's a lot of just like super talented players that have great aim that you slap onto the jet. They can dash away. They can play that. That's cool. But, but I think CNET also has an understanding of jet beyond just that be a monkey swing every angle i think he, he, his cloudburst yeah. usage ha, has yeah. been really good uh, i i think there's there's more depth to the guy than than just a shooter just a fragger and i think that comparison to tense is good and i want to talk about zeke as well because if we're talking about Zen, he's he's like they're sick he's this guy who's an insane player on his own level but just gets overshadowed by that star jet and and that's the thing uh, on another team i think zeke could end up being that star but he, he yeah. also has seen it there's so much raw talent on ascend and i mean i'm always a sucker for for that na style i love double duelist i love that aggression i, I think that it, it works so well uh, against teams that are very fixated on playing slow playing these specific strategies similar to something like Fnatic, the way they can adapt on the fly is probably why they've been so dominant in eu thus far I mean, uh, it is not an overstatement to say that Gambit have some of the strongest individual skill in EMEA, and they are just getting aim diffed in this series. Yeah, uh, they they yeah. got they got plowed. They kept they held their own for the first half of the first game, and then from then all of the major duels went the way of ascent. Like they're just winning like three v five retakes, just taking just taking duels uh, yeah. and, and winning the vast majority of them. I I think um, the the thing you bring up about CNED's uh, brain is also really important because <laughs> he isn't yeah. just an aim star. He has very no. good timing on when he goes for engagements mm -hmm. and timing on like his op peaks and that kind of stuff. But he also has nutty mechanics. The only question, even when we've had other EU people on the show, like Mixwell and Nookie, they were saying, you don't know how he's going to perform at LAN. And that was also a question for TENS until he performed at LAN. So... For this squad, so he leveled up at land. Yeah, he looked he looked yeah. way better. It was his best performance. You don't know that that's going to be the right. case for Cena, though. You you can't ever be confident that someone's going to look even better when they get to land. But yeah. you can't also be confident he's going to crumble. It's that you. It's the unknown, and so that I think is the biggest question for Ascend coming into Berlin in terms of where, whether they can compete for the top spot. Yeah, I mean, definitely. have you have you seen that guy's that guy's player camps? He's always just like stoic. He's ready. The mental person. Well, he's very good. I actually oh, saw. Chill. I actually saw recently in uh, one of these games. He he got like a fucking one v three clutch or something. See yeah. Ned, and then he goes, yeah, <laughs> at the camera. He's very like chill. He's he's yeah. he's just chilling. Yeah, he's just. But he plays like that too. He's not like you can. You you honestly can't see it in the way face. he plays. Like, Look at his face. He's just having a good time, man. Playing the game, like oh. Oh, yeah. I'm a pro Valorant player. Okay, I'll tell you what. If <laughs> if you're looking for to be a fan of someone on Ascend, though, it's Starzo every time. That guy is. Why is this guy's camera? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I have no idea. 
<laughs> we we strapped to the ceiling. That is so weird. <laughs> I have that not. Of so all funny. the cameras I didn't broken or something, is Nats a picture? I, I, I mean, mean some of them are picture. pictures, yeah. but I, the, the player cams are scuffed in a year. <laughs> yeah, but I love that we have them. Uh, I, I think it's a big yeah. improvement over like the North American yeah, broadcast yeah. where there just aren't any as well. But I was saying in terms of being a fan of one, of, we had Bone called on. He's a lovely guy. He's mm-hmm. excellent. Rooting for him all the time. Starzo on this team is the person that's like popping off, fucking blowing kisses to the camera. He's like the Boaster-esque individual on this mm-hmm. team. Uh, you know, the boaster's got huge yeah. amounts of charisma. But Starzo is gonna sing and dance. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna sing and dance, okay. but but Starzo mm, is definitely right. like a, a very charismatic showmanship kind of person that I think a lot of people would enjoy rooting for and uh send sometimes post like their team comms of them uh like little highlight clips of which they're very fun as well. I also I really think that Starzo is one of the reasons that this team is on top right now. Yeah. A bigger yeah. reason maybe than because it's it's easy to look at CNED and the, the firepower. That's in. His sky is, I think it's probably the best sky. Not even probably. He's the best guy in the world right now. I think. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think. I, I think he adds an immense amount of value to the team from that as well because it allows them to run some some comps that other teams I think simply cannot run because of the value he generates from his guy. I think that they're one of the teams that on some apps can get away with not having the Sova because of how much value he gets from his sky. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that other teams can really do that. Like they have the personnel to run some of these comps that are just, I think are great comps, but you need the right pieces to run them. Otherwise they're going to look foolish and they can. There's two other points here as well in terms of the compositional stuff. Ascend actually won quite a lot of Sage compared to anyone in North America. That's yeah. a, a pretty big difference at the moment between EU and NA right now. Uh, even in like career and stuff, they, they run the Sage on Split, but they're not really running the Sage on a lot of other places. Ascend like to run the Sage on Ascent. Um, they like to run, I believe they like to run the Sage on uh, Split as well, but I might be misremembering that. But they, they tend to get more value out of it and they try and run it in uh, more places. That seems to be... Uh, part of the key to their success too because that's also Starzo that tends to pick that role up. The other the other question too is a lot of the EMA teams that are doing well right now are still not playing too much Astra. Um, I believe Bunkhold does play it on one of the maps. I can't remember which one it is. I think Ascent. Is it Ascent? No, Bunkhold plays Omen on Ascent. I think it's I think it's split but again, I can't exactly remember what Ascent play on that map. That might be their Permaban or something. I can't really remember. But not many of these teams have been playing uh, Astra. Do you think that's going to hold them back? Uh, not as much as it would have at Iceland for the teams that didn't run Astra there, where it was just catastrophe. Um, I don't think it's going to hold them back to the same extent as that. But could it possibly... I, I think there is a world where we see teams with Astra still um, having an inherent advantage over teams with Omen on certain maps. Okay. Like on Split, for example. Every team's like, oh, we'll run Omen. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that is going to be good enough when you have Zom's anchoring on A. You know what I mean? Playing Astra. I think sure. that there's, on some maps, if there's no adaptation to the Astra, that will be a problem. Um, I just want to say as well, quick note, speaking on maps, Ascend's map pool is really good, and it's really... Critical, mm-hmm. I think, for this tournament that they have picked up Breeze and are really nice on it. 
Um, being good on the new maps, very important for, uh, for these tournaments. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Do you have a point, Mimi? Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I think, I mean, we said this earlier, just really quick. Aster's good. I don't think she's a must pick. I think Omen still has a place in the meta, but being able to play Aster does add a lot of adaptability, and that's what Ascend has. They're, they have a very deep agent pool, and they have a lot of flexibility, which I feel like, well, well other teams in EU have tried some, some cool agent comps. I think they have one of the deeper pools, and that gives them a lot of potential. Yeah. Um. The, the other team that's looking to face off against them at the moment, a bit of a, a, a team that we didn't expect to go as deep as they have done, is Supermassive Blaze, the Turkish team, um, who have, I mean, for, for reference, CNED, the best player in EMEA, the best player in EU, is Turkish. And a bunch of the other Turkish players have done very well in, in the past as well, uh, particularly Para, who used to play for the Heretic squad yep. that was at the top of the European scene. This Supermassive Blaze team is a Turkish super team. They were created with the specific reason to combine some of the best Turkish players that they have in the region. If you click on the G2 game, uh, Kurt, you'll see that they blew G2 out the fucking water. Uh, it was 13-4 and then 13-5, I, mean, I was think. Disrespectful. It was outrageously <laughs> it was dominant. Disrespectful respectful not a good game not a match. good game at all by g2 but in terms of supermassive blazes performance yeah they're fucking nuts Dude. and if you bring up the roster that they're running again uh kurt they they are stacked to the rafters i wasn't sure exactly how well this team would perform because they've only been a team for like a month and a half yeah. and so i thought maybe they'd finish fourth fifth like maybe maybe they'd get in over fpx uh, fucking fpx we'll talk about them later the little bastards or <laughs> <laughs> or, or they'd finish fifth yeah. and just miss out on a trip to Berlin. But they have exceeded my somewhat high expectations for them already in terms of making it uh, already qualifying for Berlin. They are the second team to be able to make it through. They're going to be playing against Ascend. Ascend said they were more scared of SMB than they were of Gambit. So that shows you yeah. like the level, level of respect. Of, yeah, yeah. And sorry, Kurt, if you just pull up the roster again, I'm just fucking throwing you for a loop here. They've got Izzy... <laughs> Izzy is the, the, the second Turkish CNED, if you want to believe the players that are inside the scene. And he's also putting up nutty numbers. And there are two other Jet players that he's benched onto different roles because I they know. wanted Dude, him to play Russ Jet. Russ is a support. Yeah, Russ and Turco are both playing <laughs> support mean, roles for Izzy because yeah. Izzy is that good on Jet. And the, just the fragging across the roster is outrageous. I mean, I was going to say the G2... I mean, you want to talk about like, oh, G2, the game plan. Dude, the game plan goes out into the bin when you lose every aim duel. I mean, they I'm surprised they had any kills at all in this <laughs> series. I mean, it was, I mean, on that second map, every single time it went to Turco's POV, it's just like, okay, I mean, he's just, he just headshots everybody. Yeah, they just don't miss. Instantly. They, they, they literally just didn't miss. I mean, they played with lovely pace it, it, it seemed like one of those scenarios to me where you see a team um playing with a with high pace they're willing to play fast and when everyone's on the same page with that the trading and everything it just follows along with it right mm. um and they are they, this is another one of those situations though where we're talking about when we're comparing individual skill and there are prerequisites to being at the top yeah they hit that one i mean yeah. the skill is out of control on every role. 
they really do look like another team that can contest in the, in the top four reasonable challenger for Sentinels. In, just in regards to that alone, I think. They're such a new team, though. I'm, not, I'm still not sure whether this performance was an overperformance. Because when I was watching their, yeah. their Turkish games, uh, when they played against Oxygen and they won in the finals, um, and when I was watching their game against FPX as well, they certainly had moments where they were just banging out their opposition. They're all Vandal players. I mean, apart from Brave. They all use the fucking Red Dragon Vandal yeah. as well. <laughs> And they're all, you know, if they're hidden, they're hidden. But there were definitely moments of, of them being mortals in those other series that they played. Whereas it felt like in this game, they had just reached another peak. And so I want to see more of this team over the course of the rest of this tournament. And hopefully, actually, they go down to the lower bracket. I'd like them to lose to Ascend and go through the lower bracket so that there's even more data for us to have a look at. In terms mm -hmm. of yeah. them playing the upper set, the upper final, the lower final, and then the grand final, I'd like to see three more series from these guys to see what the level of consistency is, because that's yeah. that's what it comes down to to me is how consistent can they be with this level of firepower? Because if if they're consistent with it, oh my god, they're so scary. That is the question, right? Because yeah, I mean, Berlin is also like an eleven-day tournament, yeah. so they could have a yeah. heater on one day, but if they're too dependent on. Uh, winning duels to win rounds in, in some of these situations. Because um, they do shit like this, where they're just... I mean, yeah, power is just, just pushing through a smoke. And, and he just kills three people. And wrecking people. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I feel like if they play up against a team like, like Sen, I, I feel like we could see them falter a lot, because they are a very aim-duel-focused team. And, and you go up against a squad like the Sentinels that, that has that similar level of individual prowess and also has a really strong support structure with, with flashes and the like, I, I think we could see a situation where they start to get out-aimed, and, and because they're a newer team they 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 maybe stagnate a little bit uh, i don't know if they've shown me a huge amount of depth thus far i haven't I, i've only watched like one or two games of these guys so so i don't want to fully pass my judgment on them I, I think the potential is there but with any new squad there's always going to be issues that crop up and, and once they do get on into berlin they're going to be playing against the cream of the crop and I, I think they'll be able to make a run but i i don't see them in that top three top four to be honest Tactically, I have been impressed with them, though. I think in yeah. terms of... Um, they're, they're still smart in terms of how they rotate on defense, how they position things. They're pushing certain areas to get info at the right times. They're not just a brainless team, you know? I think That's that true. would be yeah. a, a mischaracterization. But I get what you're saying in terms... Of, we've seen it before with other teams. that They just look like they're on a fucking crazed heater. I mean, FaZe are the best example. Mm -hmm. These... These yep. guys are not phase, but to use the phase example, they are banging everyone else out. They're owning them in terms of individuals. They go up against Sentinels, they just get rolled every time. Because once yeah. you are matched evenly when it comes to yeah. mechanics, you need something else to be able to push you over the edge. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. they've shown us parts of that. They also play really weirdly. Kurt, I'm not sure if you can find um, the game against G2 when they played on Bind. There are a lot of different rounds where they started the round 4-1 stacking their defense on bind. And they were just playing Para alone on Killjoy on defense on bind on A. And they were just playing for retake A with his ult. But G2 didn't get the read on that because it's so unusual. And they would frequently run into the stack. And they would just like rotate where Para was playing and 4-1 on defense. Which I don't know any other team that plays 4-1 defenses. 
on yeah. a, on bind on Haven. You sometimes leave a, a, a site open for retake, and you'll only play a single player there. But on there's bind, three sites. Maybe yeah. some <laughs> teams only two on bind. Yeah, some teams start with four, yeah. and then they make a teleporter play, and then it's like, oh, two people have teleported. Maybe we're going to be, and there's actually still two there, and yeah. it's like a bait. These guys weren't even doing bait plays. They were just four of them sat there on B, like these motherfuckers are coming. They're coming, <laughs> <laughs> and then like it, they just lose if G two go A. So yeah. I feel like there's some parts of their gameplay that I'm not understanding, and there's some parts that look like tier one, and their firepower throughout is just fabulous. Is this one of those? Oh, this is one of the rounds where they just left Izzy on a opping in heaven by the look of it. They actually lost this round. I think G2 won this one because they were playing a 4 1 setup, and G2 just happened to pick the A site, went all the way in with the Seekers. And then Kellex overpushed into spawn. This was like one of the only rounds that G2 won in the entire map. But it was set up from this like weird idea to play this 4-1 defense. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, is, it is definitely peculiar. I, I, really, I really do think that, I, again, yeah, the sample size is small. So I'm not going to try and go too crazy. But it does look to me that they have the potential to be like a top four team at this event. It's just... For me, given the consistency that they can bring over that 11-day period. Um, because, yeah, we... A fair point as well. Hopefully we get to just see more of them in this tournament. And there's been a couple days since they won that game as well. So if it's, you know, just one of those days and moments where you just literally cannot miss, it's hard to recreate that every single day. Sure. So I think it'll even be reasonable to see where they are against Ascend and, you know, yeah. for, for the rest of this EU bracket. Yeah. Um, I, I think also, that, that is the biggest question, though, because... If they can play like, if they can individually appear at that level or even like 5% less is their average, sure. That's that is outrageous still. So. Yeah. yeah. And G2 did also have a very poor game. Like G2 did not look good in that game. So I want to see them play against another team that has been playing incredibly well. Um, uh, an Ascender or a Gambit at this point in the bracket. Well, let's talk about another team that Supermassive plays a beat that was not playing particularly well. FPX. Oh my. A lot of people in the scene have been big fans of FPX for a while, you know, since the, the beginning of 20... I mean, since halfway through 2020, if we want to talk about that, or the beginning of 2021, yep. whenever. They've looked occasionally like they should be the inheritors of the crown in Europe. They've never accomplished that. They've never... They won one qualifier tournament which was like a, still a 50k tournament or something like that but they've never won any meaningful major tournament and mm. in the last few months it just looks like a steady decline um if you if you look at the last four months we did our eu rankings they're somewhere on like fifth sixth they're not even really that high up there they're behind teams like guild for example if you look at all of their overall results and their recent results, I mean, the loss to Supermassive players, all right, they're on a bit of a heater. The loss to Forza is, was atrocious. I was um, so disappointed with I FBX's mean, play throughout this tournament completely. My, my overall thing with FPX at this point, though, is I think previous to Iceland, when all the regions were isolated, I think they had a very attractive approach to the game to those who are interested in the like in the tactical aspects sure. of what Valorant has to offer. Yeah. They had a lot of unique comps for certain maps. They had unique ways of using the utility within those comps. In fact, they had at times multiple comps for one map 
and they would try and bring out one against an opponent uh, specifically. And it all was very attractive in that way, right? But over time, a different way to play the game has proven to be the best way. And by that, I mean duelists are good, okay? (laughs) Specifically Jet. Jet. Specifically. And even even Reyna, even Rays. Not really Phoenix. Phoenix can be good here and there. Mattering of Phoenix. A little bit of Phoenix. A sprinkle of Phoenix is okay. Uh, Yoru, get the fuck out. You're not invited. You're not invited, you little shit. Get out of my games. I mean, Yoru's not a... He's not a duelist. He's not a controller. He's not a sentinel. He's not an initiator. (laughs) He just... I don't know what he is. He's just... Thrower. He's just... He's a thrower. Um, I think that FPX... I feel that they are just at this point... It's like... They, they, someone had this said this, and I, I'm gonna, I don't know who it was, but I'm giving an anonymous chatter credit for this because I didn't come up with it myself. But they were just like, dude, they're like that kid in high school that's just being edgy for the sake of being edgy. <laughs> and that is what they feel like to me at this point. Yeah. Really. It's like, Stubborn they just, to a fault. yeah, they're just like, nah, dude, we're, we're just gonna run Breach in Phoenix because we're FPX. We do, we're gonna, just gonna do it our own way. Yeah. They're just ignoring the good agents in the game. I don't. I couldn't tell you why. It's and at this point, it is caught up to them because I think that there are just too many good teams and too many good players that they can't get away with some of the stuff they're doing. I <laughs> mean, the, this loss to Forza was tragic. The loss on uh, the loss on Split, where it they don't have dreadful. a duelist, and you're just watching Angel run up. How many mid. match points did they have uh, before they threw the game? I think it was like seven. On this map in particular, yes, because it went to like wasn't this like twenty four twenty two or something? ridiculous yeah like they they must have had a ton of match points because they had a ton of times during the ot to be able to win this series and they let bind slip away and then they just look boomed when it got to split i think that's the other part of it as well though they do have wonky game plans but they clearly have like some idea of how they want to play but their actual execution of those game plans and their ability to pull it off in big high big game scenarios at this point it's non-existent even if they were playing the right agents, these players seem like either the players or the calling, it's difficult to tell whether it's one or the other or both, seems to crumble in not just big yeah. games, because this isn't even particularly a big game, but tough games. Anytime it gets yeah. tough, they crumble. And it doesn't matter who they're against. Like, Forza are not a particularly great have... team. I don't expect them to go that far. In the... Are they still in the bracket even? Yeah, they yeah are. they're they playing are. Liquid in right now, game. actually. Oh, right. Literally, as we're talking. So, I mean, who knows? Um, Maybe they are a great team. Maybe they're going to knock out Liquid. Who the fuck knows? But they didn't look amazing here. It looked like FPX was fumbling hard. The thing is, they're one of the teams, though, that I absolutely have in mind when I, when we're th- when I was mentioning this. We were talking about Ascend earlier, and I said that a lot of the EU teams get too caught up in their game plan and pre-planning, and they don't have the ability to adapt this is the number one team. It me. is them. I mean, yeah. that is FPX yeah. in a nutshell. I mean, yeah, I don't know what the, the thought process was on Split. Can we, can we just bring it's up just, some of the comps that they've been playing, Kurt, to illustrate this? It's so this? weird. Because I, I feel- there are, sorry, Mimi, there are some times in FPX's past where they've played no duelist comps or something like that, but you can see the synergies, right? It feels like recently... I can't even tell what the hell the synergies are that no, they're going I don't for. Have a clue. The like breach phoenix stuff, like that's no, no one's no one's trying to play that. There's no there's no natural synergy there. If you're playing, you know the wow, they won with a jet on icebox. That's crazy. That's the fucking other <laughs> annoying thing is that Shao was playing jet and they were getting huge value out of that, and yet they don't want to lean into it, and instead they put him on supportive roles like the omen for other for other games and. 
that makes no sense to me. Like Angel, look at what he's doing on Omen. Yeah, <laughs> Angel entering on KO as well. Shadow's got a fantastic Sky, but they don't lean into it very they, often. They were playing Breach. Yeah, Sky is. So, uh, yeah, it's just Sky is so much better right now. It's like they and, don't know who the aggressive component of the team should be, and historically it's been Zipan, but they've started transitioning him to Sage again. Don't know why, because yeah. the team was at I its mean, best when Zipan was the entryer, and now they've got either Angel entering or they've put Dimasic on Phoenix. And Dimasic's Phoenix has been decent in the past, but it's not, Phoenix is not useful right now in most scenarios yeah. as your primary entryer. Phoenix is only great as your secondary person behind a jet or a raise anyway. He's not supposed to be your fucking Chad entryer. People haven't played like that since August of last since year. Drone. <laughs> and yeah. even, then, even then, he had Bordell on Chad. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kurt, you could, after this clip, you could show some of their other comps that they've been playing recently, too, um, and some of their other matches. But, yeah, man, it's it's just tragic. I think it's uh, it's 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 time to end this. It's, it feels it's like over. they just, like, they, they thought of something cool in dry runs, and they're like, this would be a sick idea, and then they don't move past that. Like, they get this idea of what Valorant should be stuck in their head, and, and then the mid-rounding just never happens. The adaptation never happens once they actually hit the server. I don't know, who who's the coach of this squad? Because I feel like part of the issue might honestly be in coaching, because someone's obviously enabling this console. Like, they, they, they just need to fix the mid-rounds. They, they, they need to fix the way they're playing once they actually get in officials, because like you said, they're, they're just crumbling at, at all these big moments yeah doom bros is one of the coaches i think they have a second coach as well but i can't remember who it would be yeah, but I, I think the i think the way that doom bros has been operating and th this is not from him or anything but just from my own mm. speculation is that he's more of like an enabler for angels ideas because i i think the way that this team has always operated is very much like it's angels project he comes up yeah. with the ideas. He's the in-game leader. He has this very strict way of how he wants the game to be played. This has always been the style that he thought was best in Valorant. You know, his former tweets of like, why are NA teams playing so many duelists? There are agents in the game designed to throw utility for each other and you guys aren't even using them. Yeah. Like, and there, there could have been a universe where he was correct. Bro, but they, that's not was, the one that we're living in at the moment. This is what I... I'm going to go back to another point that I made as well the, the other week after... Uh, the other week with all, this, all these EU teams is that I swear for a lot of them at Iceland, they thought to themselves, fuck that. Fnatic aren't the best team. If we were there, we would have beat Sentinels with what we're doing. Fnatic were on a hot streak. They just signed Durka yeah. and we're sticking to what we were doing. They did not. I, I don't think, I think internally, a lot of EU teams aren't giving Sentinels the credit that they deserve because they feel that if they were there, they would have they that, would have done better, but and that, that those weren't the best EU representatives, and they stuck to the same shit that they were doing before. Even though at this point, it's been proven that it's not the best way to play. And also, yeah. I hate one more thing. I hate the idea of like, well, if you just have five genius smokes and support players, you will control all of the map, and like you will set up play, but. You need someone to actually make plays off of the space that you're gaining. Sure, and there is yeah. no one better to make a play than a Jet or a Reyna, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you need... And also, a Jet or a Reyna can just break that space right back open that you took with your fucking nine lineups to take yeah. shower. One Jet can peek that and get a kill and dash away, and then all of a sudden, rounds right back open, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's... I, I swear there's just a refusal to admit that the, the optimal way to play the game is kind of getting figured out and it has a lot to do with playing 
at least one of the best duels. But Jet is I, just too broken. Yeah, no, she's... I mean, it's just... If you fabulous. refuse to play Jet, I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't... And also, before... Even before Sky was nerfed, Shadow was playing Sky yeah, and yeah, was yeah. so good on Sky. And it's like... Mm. It was the best Sky in Europe probably but at that time. I think Breach is better than Al, though. Yeah. I mean, to, they don't I just, even feel like they, they capitalize off the sky fully. And, and like, the, the thing is, even when you take all that space, when you take all that utility, uh, especially I'm talking about the attacker side, when, when you play these slow defaults, you play your map control with all your util, Valorant's not Counter-Strike. You don't have to actually phase check space to get it back. One owl drone, one sky dog, that, that space is lost, that info is lost, and, and then what? You're on the other side of the map. You, you don't fully yeah. understand what space you've lost, and, and then your opponent can just have one sky, or excuse me, one, one jet, push on in, reclaim that space it, it it just when you have no speed valorant is a game that in a lot of ways is about speed that's why i feel like ascend has been so successful because they're so fast in the mid round and, and it's that sky jet combination that allows it and when you like you cannot play lethargic in this game when you're up against squads like ascend when you're up against squads like sentinels that, that will just get in your face and shut that down they're not gonna let you play your perfect chess game yeah uh, but uh, all facts. But yeah, no all printer. All facts. No printer detected. I, <laughs> I, I want to. The the argument though about them being stubborn against Sentinel's success would also have to ignore the success of not just Ascend in Europe, who uh -huh. won Masters one. Uh, sorry, won the qualifier for stage three. Are you, no, I mean oh, Masters do you mean one. Masters no, one? I'm oh, trying okay. to remember it in my head. Yeah, they won yeah. Masters one. And uh, looked incredible at the beginning of stage three. So you'd have to ignore not just them, but also when Heretics was playing. And they were playing Nisa on Reina all the time. And Nookie on Raze. Yeah, and, everyone like that, and nobody, but a lot, I, I don't know. Uh, that is a good point. And like the, the top teams in Europe have played proportionally more duelists than the <laughs> other teams true. in Europe. That is true. I didn't the, even think about that. The correlation that. Right. exists in the European region as well. Yeah. It's just that, Teams have been slow, I think, to realize it. But at this point, it is undeniable. It, and, oh, yeah, yeah, it is undeniable. And I feel like you, if you have an IGL that wants the game to go in a different direction, you need to, you need to get them a dose of truth just for a moment. And then, you know, maybe one day the game will work the way that you want it to work. Maybe one day these comps will be the best. Maybe, you know, Jet's dash gets nerfed and you can't do it as often or it whatever there might be some nerf to those kind of agents where you can't disrespect utility as much and get away with it and then utility becomes king and people are all playing zero duelist comps that could be yeah. a thing there are meta changes in this game all the time but it's not the world that we live in right now it just doesn't appear to be yeah. you can get away with running one duelist at the moment because sky is so good you can maybe get away with running a zero duelist comp specifically on like split or something but you can't be doing it everywhere, and you can't yeah, no. be having that as your like. Look at what Izzy is doing. Yeah. Mobility is just so broken. Yeah. Mobility is so broken in this game. Yeah. 
And I, I don't even think that, that no duelist comps are impossible because we, we've seen them work that like the liquid slash what, um, what was it? It was the, the Aussies in NA. Why can't I think of their name? The Sonics, Sonics. were running this comp as well yeah. uh, on, on Haven where they had uh, the sky and the sage and they basically use that as your point of initiation. I, I'll accept no duelist comps when you have a really strong sky player, but they're not doing that. They're running fucking uh, breach and uh, breach and Phoenix. It, I don't know. It, it breach, just makes no sense. And Breach of Phoenix, Phoenix on split is and then Omen really and Viper crazy. as well. This Ugh. is like this is this feels like a like silver ranked insta lock comp that I'm looking at. <laughs> it is weird though because yeah, I just can't exactly All... tell where the synergy lies. It's not even like I mean, if you're saying the Viper combos with the with the Phoenix. And you'd rather have the sky I to know. flash through it. Where's anyway, the I don't know. It's but, madness. But it's also, madness, Josh. It isn't just the agent picks. In their game against Forza, not only did they have the agent picks that were working against them, I think, and they're a little behind the meta, it's not just the fact that they crumble in tough games as well, but they also failed to make the adaptations necessary. In the game against Forza, I was tearing my hair out what little is left of it because <laughs> when they were on the attack side... FPX love to yeah. make contact reclears. Oh, of don't areas. speed the process up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I was tearing chunks out of the back. You guys can't tell, <laughs> but there's only a tiny little portion on top right now. Um, they, they love to make contact pushes up mid, right? Yeah. They, they love to do that. They were just contacting everyone on the map and they were all dying. I mean, they were I, all dying to, to like little trap plays. Oh, the guys just yeah. being happy to face angles that they weren't expecting them to be on. And FPX just walked to their death. It was like they had been put under a spell yeah. and they just had to walk into the enemy crosshair and die. Otherwise, their their family no, was going to be tortured or I, something. I've been having a nightmare where I'm a cypher cam in mail and I just infinitely watch Angel walk up mid and <laughs> die to a player standing in mail over and over. Yeah. And it just never ends. It never... Oh, wait. We'll get him this time, guys. Just walk me up mid again. Yeah, and it's it's, it, it, it's, it's good. The the FBX plan is good when it works, and then when it doesn't work, they don't seem to have that adaptation. And um, all of this point, though, my 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 point here is that if you're trying to fix this team, to me, a lot of the issues come back to Angel, and that isn't really fixable because Angel is inseparable from the team. If you're trying to fix the team. You can't fix them by replacing the core of the team. You're making a different team at that point. They're not going to play anything the same. They're not even going to... The players wouldn't have been together. They're going to have a different entire structure. Might be for the best. I think that's what they need. They might not like, even... They, they, this team... Listen. I don't know whether anyone can step up and be in the IGL. We don't even know whether these players are, are great in a more fluid system. At that point, you're just dissolving the team. Listen, you're not... I know what to do. You're just making them free agents at that point, I feel. I know what to do. What? Sign. I don't. Uh, wait, did Eccles get signed already? I think he was standing in was for an IP. For yeah, he was, that's what I thought he was standing uh, for a Kukos, but right. I don't know. You get an Eccles. You have him play controller. You p uh, maybe you don't get Eccles. I don't know. I was just thinking of the first in-game leader okay. I can name. I don't know if you actually okay. get Eccles, but my point is maybe you get a new IGL right, or you convince Angel to let Shao play Jet. Either or. I think honestly, all they. I'm not gonna say this is all they really need, but I would. Pose the question, and I guess, how much better do you think they would have done in this tournament if they just had Shao play Jet and Dimasic play Cypher? And they had uh, Shadow on Sky. I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. Because uh, you just don't see them play those kind of comps. I don't know what they'd be mm -hmm. like. I really yeah. don't. Like, they, they do play that on Icebox, and I think that was a good move from them. And I'm disappointed it didn't extend throughout the rest of their map pool. 
and maybe that'll be the adaptation that they go towards. But they're, they're probably not even going to make last chance qualifiers. They're, they're just no. out for the rest of the year in all likelihood yeah. because I don't exactly know how the point breakdown works at this stage in the bracket. There's games going on right now as well. But I think they need like Guild to qualify for Berlin. Like, they need Guild to beat G2. If G2 qualify for Berlin, they'll have enough points to bump FPX off I the see. table, I believe is how it works. So unless Guild, who already have points, qualify, then they're, they're screwed. And it doesn't seem that likely. There's a, there's a chance that Guild qualify for Berlin, but it doesn't seem that likely. So they're, they're probably facing some serious questions about what they do with this team. And the story of FPX is profoundly disappointing. It is a, a squad that people had such high aspirations for that a lot of people who loved the tactical game in, enjoyed watching, and yet they haven't actually been able to translate that into any kind of meaningful success. And they've just kind of slipped down and down and down and down until they're having these exceedingly disappointing results. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. Again, they live in that space that is the most frustrating as a viewer, similar to 100 Thieves, but 100 Thieves have now actually yeah, lived up to the expectation, which is, yeah, they, you see that they have all the potential. They have, at the end of the day, they still have Zipan on the team, Xiao on the team. They have crazy players on this roster, and they just never put it together. And it's yeah. just profoundly disappointing. And more I mean, that, producing as a fan. I, I mean, mean what just... a way to win as well for Forza. What a way to win. I, the, I want to end this on one last note for, CI, uh, for okay. FPX, which was someone in my chat was saying, if FPX were a CIS team, they wouldn't have even qualified. They, ha they have oh, three yeah. CIS players. If Angel <laughs> wanted to play in CIS, oh, yeah. they could have been a CIS team. And they lost to Forza. Navi and Gambit were both better than Forza. They probably wouldn't have even qualified through CIS. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's I that's wild. That is <laughs> yeah, absolutely madness. It. All right, let's move on though. Um, let's talk about Liquid for a moment because again, a lot of people are really interested in Liquid. I had Dapper in my chat last night, and he was like, "Do you think Liquid's going to be able to make it?" I think a lot of people love Scream, big household name. They saw Liquid play at Reykjavik. They're expecting Liquid to go on some kind of crazy lower bracket run. They've done it in the past as well. They've, they, yeah. they won the prior EMEA qualifier. I don't know what the score of the game is. Okay, well, they 2-0 Forza. They 2-0 them. <laughs> okay. That's an expected result, though. I, would have, yeah. I don't know whether the... I don't think it's expected for them to destroy them. Okay, 13-7 and 13-10. All right, so... God, nothing makes me happier than seeing Europeans playing duelists. Scream Reina. Scream on Reina. No, look. Scream is on Reina. Tom Fragon. Yampy on Jet. What do we have on Blind? Scream is on Sage. I'm okay with Scream on Sage. I like him on Soul Sage Cast because Race. I like when Soulcast is playing Race. Yeah. When Soulcast is playing Race, he's got a lot of gusto. You know what I mean? Yeah, I fucking hate the non-Sova, non-Sky comp on Bind. Wait, not did they not lie. have a Sova in the Sky? No, because they don't have anyone that. that plays them other than Soulcast, and Soulcast has to play Race for them. So that comp oh, is yeah. fundamentally flawed, but that is just the story of Liquid as well, is that they don't have a Silver player. So I didn't even just, notice that. They're just kind yeah. of fucked anyway. But they tragic. make up for it because Scream is good on, uh, good on Sage. <laughs> All good. But we don't need info. Can Liquid make a lower bracket run? They'd have to beat Gambit here. I think that's the last team in their way, right? If they beat Gambit, they're in the yeah. top four. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a match for a spot. Um, what are their chances tomorrow of being able to do this? I honestly, I think they're pretty good. Gambit are definitely the favorite. No doubt about that. But uh, I believe in the, the team liquid intangible. Okay. Which is just that they... The brute force lower bracket run. They, they, they always seem 
to just win when it matters. They they start the tournament apart losing from in Reykjavik. Uh, yeah, I mean, apart from that, they lost when it mattered. <laughs> uh, but, but but domestically, but, but yeah. domestically, yeah, domestically, they're always. I feel like at this point, I think it's kind of safe to say domestically. Maybe they've earned it as well, but they are. I feel like they end up being underrated, or it's that mm. like they're yeah. not rated very highly, but they always exceed teams that I'm have more hype. Them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, FPX did qualify ahead of them. That's what I Liquid mean. Liquid absolutely overperformed them here. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, Guild qualified ahead of them. Liquid might overperform Guild. That's very possible. Yeah. Uh, they, they haven't at this point, but they might. So, yeah. I, I am definitely one of those people that underrates Liquid. I am not particularly impressed when I watch them. I feel like there's major holes in terms of their roster. I come back repeatedly to what I said when they first made this roster move to bring in Yampi, that they are one move away from being a great team. But I still see so many problems with how they play. And this move to just try and brute force things with either screen playing the jet for them or Yampi jet and uh, screen playing Rainer or whatever else feels like it's just got a cap because the other guys on the team are not in the best positions then. You're like, you always have to sacrifice something to, to pay off the rest of the team when it comes to Liquid's current roster. I don't think they're going to be able to beat Gambit. I don't think they have a deep enough map pool to be able to beat Gambit. But they absolutely could. They, yeah. They, I would give it probably like a 65 to Gambit, something that's, like that's that. That's about what I'm. That's about what I'm feeling as well. Am I? Am I on the hopium? I, I. I think I'm on the hopium. I. I almost want to give him a, a little more credit. I, I think Yampy was was really good to add into this roster. I. I like Yampy's calling. I think obviously the the no silver no sky on some of these maps. It, it's an issue. It, it's not fantastic, and I think that they probably will need to move at some point to fix that, or they'll need someone uh, to step up uh, and and to take that role specifically. But I feel like there's just a. I don't know why it was kind of going at. There's like a certain factor to Team Liquid. They have these these crazy individual players. Screen playing duelist. Duelist is good. Uh, I, I think he can almost single-handedly make himself a, a huge player, a huge factor in this. They're, they're kind of done with that KO play. I, I think there was a, an interview with Sliggy where it was like, we tried it, didn't really work out. We're going to go back to our, our, our more classic play with him just rocking with the duelist. I like it. I think the Gambit is really good. I, I think they've been on the rise, but we've seen them stumble before. And I think there's actually, there, there's a pretty good chance that, that Liquid could pull something off. A Gambit lost to Fnatic last time, which stopped them being able to go to Reykjavik. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Fnatic on a bit of a heater, but they ended up coming second. Uh, you know, eventually lost to Liquid in that situation. I would say Liquid looked better, significantly better in that qualifier than they do in this one, though. Mm. I think Liquid looked better on the come into Reykjavik with their things that they were just fucking pulling out of the lab. Like yeah. the Zero Duelist comp that. I understand that there's some cognitive dissonance between us praising the duelist meta and me saying that that zero duelist comp was great, but specifically that strategy, they had a great understanding of where they wanted everyone to be placed, and it was so different to what other teams were coming up against that they couldn't crack it when it came to those short-term matches. The thing is, that comp didn't last. It, it, yeah. it fucking boomed oxygen, and it beat 
Fnatic and no, it didn't beat FPX, Fnatic actually. Ironically, it beat FPX. Yeah, <laughs> so it beat the teams that couldn't adapt to Maybe it. Maybe that's why FPX won't get away from the yeah, <laughs> exactly. Liquid beat us with this shit. But it didn't beat I, Fnatic. Yeah. It, they didn't carry it into um, Reykjavik. So, but what I liked about Liquid then is that they had a huge amount of creativity. They had these like pocket picks that they were going to throw at you. From this tournament so far, I haven't seen the pocket picks. I've just seen the skill of their players trying to drag them through the games. And I think Gambit's got that level of skill. I would be disappointed if Liquid made it to Berlin. I don't think they've got any serious chances really? of being a good representative for the EMEA region in the same way that a Gambit, an SMB, um, even, even after that shocking performance from G2 against SMB, I'd rather see them go to Berlin. I know they're, not on the, they're on the opposite sides of the bracket, so they don't actually fight, but in a theoretical world, I'd rather see them go because I just feel like there's more potential there. I, I struggle to see the potential with this Liquid squad. Yeah, I do too. And that's always been the case. And yet somehow, they keep they always pull it off. winning. <laughs> I don't get... It, yeah. it is so what strange. We, what are we they don't not have, getting? What are we not getting? They don't even, they don't even have a... They don't have one initiator player <laughs> but they keep winning i don't yeah. i mean i don't get it i i, I mean Solkas is a fantastic sky uh, yes his sky is good but i mean the sova has been extremely got to be the most played agent of all time and they don't have someone playing him apart from jet probably but yeah probably even more playtime than jet has to be yeah Over the course has of the whole to game. be yeah, maybe. I, I mean yeah it is just outrageous that they keep winning but they do keep winning and i do think they're also one move away from probably leveling up uh, still. Get a silver player. But, Get a silver yeah, player. Maybe. And, and then I think they could be that team. Yeah, uh, potentially. Yeah. But, yeah. That, it's, uh, it's even awkward, though, who you would take exactly. away. Who would you even point? remove? Who would because you even it's remove? Like, you don't want to remove Soulcast because he's no. a great guy. He's got the raise, but it fucks with your role so. You get, yeah, you have a guy who plays Sky and Raise. You just but need he's him good. To, you just need him to learn the Sova. But, but it doesn't seem like it's his thing. He's it tried just, and it doesn't yeah. seem to work. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's this so thing. awkward. Yeah, and they're intertwined in terms of being friends. And they started like at the beginning of mm -hmm. the beta with these three players plus the coach. And Sliggy's been very vocal about not wanting to make major roster moves. So yeah. it's uh, all yeah, they have to do tough. is simply not miss in the game, <laughs> and they will qualify. True. They're, no, True. genuinely, if they go into that gambit game and hit them with the don't miss strat, they could they could win the game. With Scream on Reyna, you can't be playing Jet, whatever. Just get them on some good maps where you can just out-aim them and wow. have yeah, one of those yeah. days. I mean, I, that, that, is, that is a bit what it feels like to me at this moment, though, genuinely. That is their chance of making it. Sure. Will yeah, they be there on the day to winning gun duels? Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like they've shown consistent, consistency uh, at that, though. I. I don't know. I, mean, I think I just am on the, the TL copium. They've disappointed me in other games before. They've disappointed me in this game before. I, I can see it happening, but but if we're just talking strictly on paper, strictly in way of consistency, uh, Gambit, CIS, good. Sure, CIS, very good. All right, then. Well, let's, let's take a look at the actual bracket and say who's going to take the last two spots for Berlin because there's some serious games going up that are pretty difficult to predict. I mean, we were just talking about the Liquid Gambit game, which is going to decide one of the other teams from EMEA that heads there. As a reminder, Ascend, Supermassive Blaze, two teams that were already going. I think our initial predictions were Ascend, G2... Who the fuck... Oh, 
who the fuck did we have in oh gambit ascend yeah, g2 ascend gambit, gambit and i believe we had fpx in fourth no but we didn't we did no we were back and forth in it because i said fpx would lose to supermassive would beat supermassive plays in the upper bracket and then no sorry I said they would lose to supermassive players in the upper yeah. bracket, but beat them in the lowers. I was yeah. on that fucking FPX copium, and you were like, "No, they're gonna do it the other way around," because obviously they're gonna FPX lose, lose yeah, when it they matters. Lose to them in the second time. So yeah. I think you did sure. predict SMB actually making it through. So you had SMB G two ascend and and Gambit, um, which could all make it at this point. Um, Does seem likely, right? I mean, obviously Gambit are the favorites in this upper bracket, though. I think Liquid have a ton of perceived upset potential i do think this lower bracket is dicey though honestly yeah, i think it is i i could see giants actually beating guild here reasonably uh i i think that giants are in pretty good form i think the win over navi was nice um but guild also crushed the shit out of fireflux and fam well are we Okay. Are Fireflux the new Sentinels? What no, are you no, no, talking no. about? Fireflux are not the new Sentinels, but I think they're a pretty similar level team to like a Navi or a Forza or something. No, they're not. I think they're pretty. Navi I think are... they're pretty similar. No, they're not. I don't Fireflux? think they're that different. I don't think Navi don't and Forza. Think I think Navi have got some great individuals, but I think Fireflux is at least as good as Forza. They're they're just maybe they're as just good as like Forza. I think right I think there is. I think there's a gap between Navi and then Forza and Fireflux. Maybe. I think I, I think there is. Po possibly, I I do think that Cloud and SSK played a fantastic tournament, yeah, and they did look pretty good. But to me, they all inhabit that same tier below the people that you're expecting to do well in the tournament kind of situation. Yeah. And Giants are on the precipice of being in that exact same system as well. I think Giants are like a a. Pretty similar to a Navi. They're a tier, tier two team with punching power upwards. Mm -hmm. Guild have got a lot of consistency. They normally lose to the big hitters. I don't think they're going to lose to Giants. And I actually think with the level that G2 has been playing against SMB, if G2 play the same way they did against SMB in that game, Guild takes it. But that's not the average level of G2. G2 should be favored if they play their normal game. But if they don't, if they play like they did against SMB, Guild take that. That that was a, a really poor Dude, match. Did Guild actually G2. finally make it? Is this I don't it? Know. Yeah, is I, this is this the Guild moment you've been waiting for? I would rather see G two go. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not a Guild fan in that sense. I uh, yeah, I respect yeah. them for their consistency in the EMEA scene, but I think G two have the potential to be a lot better than Guild, even in the like next three weeks of of practice. Mm. Into they're not like Envy, where they're already at a great spot and they're going to get even better. I, I guess they kind of are, but not to the same degree. Because Envy already had yeah. that basis, and so you're expecting them to be able to just fix a few issues and become a lot better. G2 have still got quite a lot of issues in terms of how they're playing, how they're syncing everything together, how they're supporting Kellogg's and Reigning well, I still think that times. was a huge... That was one of the things I was hoping that they would have fixed going into this. And they haven't. And I don't think they have had. No, yeah, they haven't. I don't think they have. I, I, I am underwhelmed with where G2 were at. I mean, SMB were on a stupid heater in that game, but yeah, they were pretty flat. The, I mean, the, you expect from a team the, the... Like, again, it's like the perceived caliber that we feel g2 should be at which is like the the top echelon i i, I don't they should not be getting beat in that fashion no. by smb yeah. no, like even if 
if SMB are on a heater against G2 and they win, I, I feel like you should still be hoping for G2 to get at least like nine rounds. Sure, yeah. But it was just not even contested. No, it wasn't. Um, and, and also, I, I mean, Coldementa has not been like the he when he's playing Sky, he's not. There's no synergy between him and Kellogg's and Nuki. They're like they're not feeding and setting up their plays in the same way. It's all very rushed on their attack side. At least it was in that SMB game. But I think that was a below average performance from them. I don't know who to predict through the lower bracket. I really don't. I feel like. I feel like there's a good shot that Guild manages to make it, honestly. They might you even... You really think they might do it? I because mean, I, you're, G... you're starting to convince me, which is a problem. But, but the thing is, it's not, <laughs> it's not really down to them. It's down to G2. Yeah. The, 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 sure. the, the, it's G2's game to lose. It's G2's spot in Berlin to lose. And if they don't make it, they will have lost that game in all likelihood. Also, they will have lost their year. It's over. Yeah. They have no points. So surely they come into that lower round three game with fucking fire and brimstone, except miss out the brimstone, but fire and fury, right? They, I, I do think as well, yeah, I imagine obviously everything is on the line for them in this game that will likely be against Guild, though I do think Giants have a, a reasonable upset sure. uh, uh, possibility here. I do think Guild are also, I think Guild are one of the teams you can really prep for and just kind of boom. I mean... Yeah. More so than like an SMB but also, or a Send. Do you think Giants or G2 are those teams that do a lot of prep and alter their play style? I would hope G2 are, G2 given G2 they spent will. $20 million on this roster. But I don't think G2... And they've had G some time off, too. Like, they've had a while to, to prep for this game. They get to watch it ahead of time. They get a... Don't they get, like, a whole day in between that Guild Giants game yes. and this one? Yeah, yeah. Also, if, if they're not prepping, if they're not putting in all that time behind the scenes, they're, they're trolling. Like, they, they better fucking do it. This is the most important game for G2. It is, and I understand all of that, but there's such a new roster that I think they have their own stuff to fix before they can start prepping against their opponents and counter-strutting heavily and that kind of stuff. Maybe. I think you've got to focus on yourself before I you... Can have both. Yeah, they, they, I don't know, extent. man. They have coaching staff as well. Someone's got... I mean... Yeah. It's, it's not even... Yes, they'll have time to watch Guild if they beat Giants, but I don't even think... Guild don't even look that much different from the qualifier. They play a very yeah. similar style they, to... Yeah, they're just... Yeah. They're Guild. I, I feel like you kind of know... You watch Guild, you're reasonably going to know what to expect when you play yep. Guild again because they really have not changed much. And they, yes, they... they they're playing you know, Breach on Icebox. Yeah, they're playing Breach on Icebox. You know damn well that the Flash is going through 410, all right? Just don't yeah. get blinded by it. Like, it's... I, I, it, G2 have everything to lose here. They should be winning. If they lose, that is a tragedy for not only the players and the level that we see them at in the scene, but also for the organization, given that they they gambled everything on this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, it is theirs to lose. Are they the favorites? Yeah, but is my confidence high at this point? No. Could we bring up, actually, Kurt, the EU qualification points for VCT? Do they have to make Berlin to be able to make last chance qualifiers, yes. or have I they already so. done it? They, they do, have to right, because they have, sure. like, no points for it now, because they have not made really much at all in yeah. ABCD and they had all the roster was so the EU last chance qualifier got announced actually as well it's going to be an online event which I think is kind of fucking whack but I hope that's just a temporary thing <clears> for <throat> this year because of yeah. COVID stuff but yeah where are they so I mean they're 
down at the bottom. Okay, so yeah, G2 only have 50 points currently, despite being in, uh, what, what even is it, like lower bracket round two or something? So this is the max they can get if they lose, is 50. Because uh, they're yes, already... because they're already yeah. there. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. They do yeah. not get very many points they for need going to qualify. surprisingly deep in that bracket. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of bizarre how few points they get for being on the verge of making it to Berlin. So yeah, they, they need to qualify to be able to make it in. I mean, Guild are on the outside as well. They got 40... Oh no, wait. They've got 115 points. Yeah, if Guild, Guild will get 10 more though if they win this uh, yeah, Giants Yeah, if they, game. If they win so, against Giants. Yeah. Then they will be in over yeah, footballists and Oxygen. What day is the Giants game happening? Is that happening today? That's happening now. That's happening right now. Oh, yeah. well, we could look like idiots at the end of this. Or at least I could, because I really don't think there's a large chance of Giants being able to take that. I feel like... I feel like Giants are easier to prep against than Gildar in some so. way. I feel like the the like late David P. Lurk and the the it's incredible how many teams he's still booing with that. It, it is. It, it is. is astounding. Wild, actually, I like, mean, the Navi were getting crushed by David P. Just they were walking behind guys. He's behind you again. Just turn around. Yeah. David please. P.'s timings are fantastic. Yeah, and like he looks a full five ten seconds later than you would expect the lurk to come in. You know, you, you go, you look for him. You're like, all right, guys. This time, he's not behind us. <laughs> and so you forge yeah. your bad forwards, and you're like, oh, fuck, he was behind us again. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, the, the, especially when you get those domestic rivalries where they've played and scrimmed against Giants a lot, rather than Navi, yeah. who presumably haven't as much, uh, I would expect them to be able to do all right there. Interesting, though. Interesting. We'll see who manages to make it. Either way, it's going to be a fucking stonker of a, of a tournament, Berlin. A what of a tournament? A stonker. stonker? Yeah, a stonker. What does that mean? Like an absolute stonking tournament. What? Right. Stonking. Next segment. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a word. Is it? It means uh, like, yeah, it's British. Oh, informal British. That Something which is... That is actually you in a nutshell, oddly enough. Informal you and were, British. Yeah, I mean... now, Yeah, informal and British. <laughs> that is you, actually. Yep. All right. Let's talk very quickly about Korea because we already know the two teams that were going to qualify. I think we knew that last week, right? We already yeah, knew we the did. Vision it's Strikers just the finals FOQ. have yeah. happened now. The finals occurred. Vision Strikers won 3-1 to one against F4Q. Um, I think this was a very interesting game, actually, because it exposed weaknesses that have hitherto not been seen in Vision Strikers. Okay, go on, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> that was formal British. I was throwing some of that oh, at you yeah, as well yeah. to see if, see if you, you recognize the difference. They, they, I mean, look at this F4Q comp on Icebox. Yeah, I get it off the screen. Tell me. Save my eyes. I mean, Bunny on Jet, never before seen. Um, and then Zunba playing Astra without a Viper, without a Sage. I've never seen the team play Icebox without a Viper or a Sage, but yeah, it they went for well. it. Didn't go well, did it? No, it did didn't. Not go well. <laughs> no, it didn't. But one. immediately, the next map on split, Vision Strikers defense just got nothing done. Like they they had a couple of set plays with the breach and the Astra to try and take B main control, but they didn't have anyone really facing off it. They got a kill by comboing a suck and a um, aftershock. Yeah, yeah. And they killed a guy in B main. Cool. It was cool, <laughs> but that was about the only thing they did on the defense the entire yeah. time. The rest of it was just them giving up territory, sitting passively, and then getting executed on by F4Q and losing. 
Esperanza had a great game, but this, I think, was the first time where... By the way, Vision Strikers have never banned Bind, so this... Uh, sorry, have never banned Split. So this is not their permaban map or anything like that. This is just them being exposed for the first time and losing a map since adding these players to their roster. And I think it just showcased a little bit of what happened, especially when they were playing against a Sage. They did attempt to get aggressive a couple of times, and especially on retakes, and the Sage slows just crippled their coordination. And they ended up not really being able to follow up off Stack's flashes, and it looked pretty tragic. Yeah. I think that what F4Q exposed a little bit about this Vision Strikers roster... Now, this Vision Strikers team is still, in all regards, just a level above F4Q. It was kind of inevitable that they were going to win this, right? But I think what this may have previewed, unless uh, rectified before Berlin, unless they're able to fix it, is that uh, Vision Strikers sometimes a bit too hasty with the, de the decision-making when they're under a bit of pressure. And F4Q did put them under pressure in how they're a bit of a chaotic team, especially with their duelists, how aggressively they'll play mm. uh, on, some, uh, on, on some of the rounds. Um, and I think you saw this on all the maps, despite Vision Strikers having won the other maps far more convincingly. Um, there were moments where if they were under pressure from an aggressive F4Q play, or F4Q were aggressively taking map control somewhere, they would way too quickly make decisions as to like, okay, let's just hit the site now. Rather than, they, they don't really seem to have the uh, mid-round ability to slow the game plan down and control the map effectively when they're being pressured. It is a bit like the fucking meme of Vision Strikers go... <laughs> it feels yeah. like mid-round... It's. I actually don't know who's doing the IGLing for this team. Is it Stax but has picked it up now? I, I, I think it is. I believe it's Stax. Yeah. So that is He's my... Just like, breach flash go... Yeah, that is, my, that is my one worry right now. And I think that F4Q are a bit more of the like uncontrolled chaotic element. But when there are teams with, I think, better utility usage and fundamentals making aggressive plays especially on defense uh vision strikers will get exposed on some of these rounds um where they are too quick to just okay we just got to hit a site and we just got to yeah. go um they fail to have the ability to slow the game down but if we're talking exposed in this context we're still only meaning that they don't like win against elite tier teams. That's right? what I'm talking about. We're talking when, like I'm talking when Yeah, I'm talking about like against kind of games. an Ascend or an Envy or a Sentinels. I'm talking about they are in the upper echelon of the scene. We're not talking I'm, about Crazy Raccoon. Here. No, I am not talking about Crazy Raccoon. I am talking about when the best teams pressure them with controlled aggression, they look like they are going to get heavily punished because they went unpunished in a lot of scenarios against F4Q, um, because I don't think F4Q are at that level to punish a team like Vision Strikers who can get away with, okay, we still have crazy individual skill, et, et cetera, right? I think they were getting away with a lot in, in this mm. you know, five. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like Vision Strikers is a squad that's so used to being able to dictate the pace 
that that when that doesn't happen, they can they can sometimes start to crumble. Like it, it's a team that's very focused on the speed, very focused on the aggression. That's why they play the breach. That's why they play the jet. I mean, that that's where like the Korean jet meme comes from because they're so good at just getting that pace, getting in your face. But uh, I feel like, I mean, you talked about Ascend. I feel like when we talk about the Sentinels, when they stack up against those teams at Berlin, I, I think if there's something that they're good at, it's it controlling their own pace, slowing down your opponent, forcing them to play your own game. I think in large part, that's why they've been so dominant in their respective regions. So I don't know how great Vision Strikers is going to be when they're faced up against that. They're definitely going to be forced to play a little different uh, than they can at home. I still feel like a semifinals appearance, a top four, you know, something like that, yeah. is potential. It is potentially for on sure. the cards here. The the big question for me as well is because they have so many lovely set plays that they do. Yeah, and I think on split it really looked like they hadn't fleshed that out on defense. Um, they didn't look to have the same level of depth in their playbook and applying pressure to their opponents. They were giving F4Q too much space where really excellently on Ascent and on Bind, it is that they apply pressure to their opponents uh, via these like little set plays, trap plays, all sorts of different things. Um, what I'm a little uh, cautious about heading into Berlin is their map pool overall as well. Uh, they've only played split twice. They've now lost one of those occurrences. Uh, their Haven has looked a little shaky, and we don't really know what they're like on Breeze because they haven't played against a top-tier opponent, as far as I can remember. So... They have three maps in the pool, their Bind, their Ascent, and their Icebox, that we know look really good. Like, really good top tier. What we don't really know is what their Breeze looks like, and they probably need to fix up one of their Split or their Haven before they get to Reykjavik. Yeah. I think you need at least four maps in the pool that you feel very confident on if you want to make a deep run and take, you know, a, a top four finish when it comes to the quality of teams that are going to be at Berlin. So they do have time to try and work on that. I feel like that has to be a focus for them because the, when I watch Vision Strikers, they don't strike me as a Sentinels where everything's like fluid, improvisational. Their players are just really smart and they always have the right move. It's protocol-based. It's if X happens, we maneuver in X direction. And so a lot of it ends up being fast because they have, if we get a pick here, we instantly pivot into this. If this... Dark gets used or whatever, we do X. The They have a bunch of these set protocols for their mid-rounding, but you need those are map-specific. You can't necessarily apply those to the, the entirety of your map pool because the maps play very differently. Um, so I think having the extra time before Berlin to be able to build all of that out is probably going to be really important for the team. I agree. There are a lot of teams vying for the top four is what I'm realizing right now, too. Yeah. yeah. Vision Strikers, reasonable shot. SMB, Ascend, Ascent Sentinels, Envy, yeah. even 100 Thieves. Yeah. I mean, pretty stacked tournament. Uh, yeah, a very stacked <laughs> pretty, tournament. Pretty stacked tournament. A lot of it's going to come down to the format and how the bracket actually plays out. Is it double yeah. limb? Is it single limb? We don't know. There's this kind of assumption that there's going to be a group stage, but I don't even know whether that, where that came from. 
So yeah, it was just assumed there'd be like four groups of four because it makes sense. It makes sense. I hope we get a group stage. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I'd like to see it as well. Four groups of four GSL style into a single limb bracket. I think that'd be pretty good. (laughs) Or even into a double limb bracket. Bunny's the (laughs) most fun player to watch. Wild man. Bunny's one of the most (laughs) fun players to watch in the world. He's literally a bunny. He's named it for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) He actually does just bunny hop all over the place, and you feel stupid saying it because his name is Bunny. (laughs) Yeah. The, one of the Korean casters was calling him Bunny Bunny. And I don't know why, but I can only assume it's because he's literally a bunny and his name's Bunny. I don't know. Makes sense to me. Um, the other news from this week was, uh, unfortunate news coming out from Berlin, is that prior to the casting announcements, the talent announcements, DDK put out a tweet saying that he wasn't asked to, to cast at Berlin. He hasn't been uh, asked to be involved in, in the broadcast. So he was also not included in the initial announcement for Reykjavik. Right. And then they added him in afterwards. I would speculate that there was something going on there in terms of like whether or not he was going to be included, maybe some negotiation that was still going on or something like that. DDK doesn't wake up for less than two mil. (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah, DDK doesn't particularly strike me as a money-grabbing type, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm joking. But... Yeah, DDK put out this this tweet. Um, I think some people might interpret it as being like a bit egotistical, you know, of like, I didn't even get invited. But I think the point is here that he just wants to make it very clear what? to the community that it was How on that riot. Ego- well, the, the point of like, he should have been invited, right? Oh. I could see people interpreting it in that way. Oh, But no, I don't I think mean, it it's... is in the slightest. He's an obvious think, inclusion the for colon, The colon D dispels any of that. The second you have that <laughs> smiley face in there, it's obviously well-intentioned. Yeah, true. true. Very true. Absolutely true. Yeah, you don't put the colon D if you're trying to get saucy. That's very <laughs> yeah. true. And, and I mean, DDK's a freelancer. They, he has to let other people aware that he's available during these, these kind of times if they're yeah. going to assume that he's... Uh, working below. And he wants to make sure that you know he's cooking up content. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta hit it on all fronts. This yeah, is a big blow. Is, it is unfortunate uh, given that I mean especially Bam, DDK and Sean have just been casting seeding games. They have, yeah. They've been brought <laughs> yeah. in like the fucking heavy hitters to cast the most useless games. Yeah. Like the and, entire- but they are brought in like the heavy hitters because they're the heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It is just yeah. so bizarre that they have not been invited for this event because well, they, you say they. Oh well, I mean, I guess yeah, maybe Sean, but yeah. But you would expect that they would want to get the duo since ever. Who doesn't like but, D- who doesn't like DDK and Sean? But there's also a scenario where like they reach out to Sean. Sean says, "I have a kid. I can't commit to doing it." And they're like, "Well, fuck it. We don't need DDK if Sean's not there." You know, there's these mm. weird kind oh. of. Yeah. Moron decisions that occur during the politics of talent acquisition that, that I could see a scenario like that happening. Um, but who knows what actually happened. At the end of the day, they just didn't value him as talent, which is absurd. Yes. That is absurd. <laughs> there has been I a mismanaging agree. of talent within the Valorant scene as well. Um, it's always a touchy subject because you don't want to shit on peers as well if you're a fucking uh, caster within within esports as well but i'm not working in the valorant scene and it's not specifically just about like there being bad talent there isn't there's a ton of good talent in valorant as well and there's a ton of upcoming great talent of which maybe i think you're one of them as well <laughs> but the utilization of that talent the prioritization for big games the production value the way in which they support them on broadcast it is all lagging a long way behind the viewership 
The viewership is like, we are tier one eSport. The production is not, we are tier one eSport. And it's not just because mm-hmm. of COVID. It's partly because it's a new game and everyone's getting up to speed on it. And that includes production staff, asset creation, that kind of stuff. But there really hasn't been much development in that aspect since, I don't know. I mean, Pop Flash was better produced than any of our future tournaments. It actually had more, a lot of supplementary content, good, yeah. uh, like, in-person analysis a desk, which I know you can't always do, but, like, even the analysis desk that they've been doing recently for EU or the one held by NSG, the production value is significantly worse than it was for Pop Flash being held during Ignition series. Like, even the in-person events that we're having are lagging a long way behind where the quality should be based on viewership. And it feels like it's a bit of a torturous process at the moment to get it all up to, up to the quality where I feel like it should be. Mm. Maybe I'm just a fucking nerd and no one else gives a shit about mm. this, but it, it's the kind of stuff that I definitely I mean, you are the number the one production nerd. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you really are. But with, it, it, it is all very, very reasonable. Um, yeah. I mean, the, like, yeah, I think was specifically the one thing you mentioned about the assets. Having more assets for the desk would be lovely. And I'm sure that... Uh, some of the people on the desk would appreciate it too. Even yeah. just simple things like more, uh, more clips being shown as to the relevant discussion or, or points that are being made. Um, like on the EU one as well, it's just like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a lovely studio and the talent's great, but it's just, where's the, where's the, where's like the, they, the they segments? To, where's like the, you know what I they mean? They started just, to add some of that. They had a little bit in the pre-show where they, they had a little wanted poster for FPX. Yeah, I did. Did that you was see that? Funny. I did see, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Did see that. But I think when you combine new talent and especially new talent that thinks they need to get good by being serious rather than get good by being uh, entertaining, mm. that mm. you can definitely get that kind of um, drier, uh, experience, uh, especially if the production staff is also just trying to run a show rather than you know, b- break the fucking boundaries. But I yeah. do think it's cool, especially in EU, that they've integrated more talent this time around too. I don't think all of the talent is great and is going to stick around, but I think some of the talent is great and will stick around. And that's all you can hope for when you introduce a new wave of talent to a new game is that you find some pieces that work really well and you think are going to be long-term and here for the next year, two years, whatever, how long, however long they stick around and they want to be there and the game is successful. So, yeah, I, uh, I like the funny stuff. I like the, I'm, I'm just trying to like a, I'm a simple-minded viewer. Do yeah. the funny stuff. <laughs> but no, funny. but I like when, no, but I like, I like when Zesh does the, like with the FPX wanted, like just little things like that. Sure. Little funny moments, you know, yeah. more yeah. clips here and there show me the show me the clips where the players are doing the things and you talk about it like a little weatherman style thing you know what i mean sure just a little bit yeah. more a little bit more of that i think it would would go a long way yeah yeah and i think na is especially is in a weird spot right now because because nsg is still building their studio like they don't really have a studio that exists right now to have like a, a dedicated 
desk and there's there's all these issues with COVID and stuff. I'm sure that everyone on the back end wants it, wants it to be better, wants this to grow out. But it, it's just such a weird time because because it's a new game, like you mentioned. It, it, it's COVID times, like you mentioned. So not everyone that they want to can be flown out. But I think there's a lot of room for improvement. And there's going to be a lot of downtime right now for, for the regional productions, right? Everyone has until LCQ. So I'm really hoping that that, that we see some improvements in that period. And I, th I think it's definitely possible. Also, Riot, get your fucking hands off the caster duos. Keep, keep them where they are. Don't fuck with them. Stop mixing and matching people around. Oh, yeah, stop doing that. Leave. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that they do that mismanages talent is just throwing people with duos that do not help each other. That's it really happens in other games all the time as well. I mean... It's also just extra work for surely everyone involved to yeah, try and mix around all the people. Yeah, just having a different partner. To be fair, they've been better at it recently than they were in the past, but that might be NSG rather than Riot because I think they some decisions based on that too. But anyway, oh, I can't go into full mold zone because uh, there's people off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, time for our most important segment of the week. Yep. What is it? We've seen this oh. trophy before. <laughs> Why it's weekly award. But who's getting it this time? Yeah. Uh, this time, listen, been, uh, this time they're finally getting it, Josh. They've been, they've, been, they've been begging for it. They've been mad in the comments, you know, raging. Oh, you never, you guys hate. No, we don't. Wait, wait, wait. I don't even know who you're talking about. I'm talking about 100 Thieves. Oh! <laughs> I'm, I'm, giving it to the, I'm giving it to 100 Thieves because they've had a frustrating year. Like we've been waiting ages, ages for them mm -hmm. to return to the upper echelon of NA. And it finally happened. I think a lot of it is due to just some excellent decisions made in regards to the comps that they're running. I think Ethan on the Sky has been great. Austin is switching over to the jet and grinding that out, improving his, his opping and his jet play has been very important for the team. And I think that overall the team has just made great steps in the right direction. They look like a more confident team. They're a more proactive team. Even there, I, I think some of their supporting casts, it's like sometimes, I don't know, there are moments where it's like, man, I wish, I don't know, Hiko and Nitro and Seal would be more aggressive in some of these situations, you know? Um, and I think it's, we, we've, we've reached that point where they, they just look like such a better team than they have all year, man. Um, I think they've really improved a number of the issues that they were having. And I'm happy to see that 100 Thieves are finally performing where... We've wanted them to perform for eight months now, cool. you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I have a question big credit you. to them. Okay. Question for people in the chat as well, actually. Okay. You've got three options. Option one, option two, option three. 100 thieves. 100 thieves. <laughs> the 100 thieves. The 100? Who says the 100 I've thieves? heard the 100 thieves being used. Who right? says that? I've no heard said it. I said it while I was casting, and I got fucking owned by the 100 Thieves fans for saying it. <laughs> you just said it again, the 100 Thieves fans. Oh, wait, but that is wait. the 100 the, Thieves what, fans. The 100. The, what the do you comma. say then? Oh, yeah, you can't it. say, I got owned by, well, I guess you could say I got owned by the 100 Thieves fans. The got owned by 100 Thieves fans. The 100 Thieves fans? You couldn't say I that, I got right? owned by one, wait. By yeah, 100 Thieves fans? You can't say that. You can't say that. No, you, 
Yeah, you, you say, can't only say I've been owned by the one hundred the one hundred thieves. <gasps> All you it, could say they, they're very specific. They want like they want hundred thieves. I think it is mm. what I've heard. They don't want one. Get the one. That number is fucking gone. We just want <laughs> just hundred. Just hundred. Just hundred. Hundred. I definitely never say hundred thieves. I always say. I think I always say a hundred. Because I I like calling them the thieves. I feel like it's cool when you can like call a team like what they are. I don't the know. Thieves. But people don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't mind like, that. I'll call them the fucking the dirty crooks. I'll, I'll call them whatever. Call, I'll call them anything. Any synonym you like. The the, the robbers. Enumerated pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I definitely never say hundred thieves. I always I put always, something in. I think in I say one hundred thieves every time. I think I. I, think but I, I guess, normally say a hundred. I haven't had sure. anyone get upset at me yet but maybe that'll change right now yeah tell us in the comments what you think it should be they won't change it but you can continue using it because they're not gonna give a fuck are they you don't have a platform <laughs> so so they let us be your platform speak via us i can be your conduit to the masses all right you've always wanted a megaphone papega clap so that's me now uh that's the end of our episode apart from one important thing welcome to member um, we're going to be oh, we running, got... hopefully, a couch stream for the Berlin show. Mm -hmm. um, been doing our co-streams and shit like that in the meantime as well. Any new members, Mr. Curtis, that have been kindly supporting the channel? Yes, we got two new members this week. We got Zix and Sheikadad. Welcome to member. Welcome to member. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The, the full <laughs> sentence is welcome to member, if you wouldn't mind. Welcome, welcome to member. There we go. That's much better. That's much better. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> All right, and I think that does it for episode 97. Oh, wait. Episode what? 97. Sorry, 57. I'm off the goop. <laughs> well, I don't know what that was, but we're uh, testing out our new Instagram shorts screen there, I think. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was a clip of a jet throwing a smoke on Haven. Hey, like, subscribe, and post it to TikTok. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>